What's up, brother? This is your boy T. Brown. And what's up, brother? This is your boy Troy. And welcome, welcome. to another episode Two. of the What's Up, what's brother, up podcast. brother Podcast. How you guys doing today, man? Thank you guys for tuning <laughs> in. Thank you guys for stepping by, uh, stopping by, and I'm stepping by. Y'all can step by too. Shit, my crew, bubble. Thank you guys for stepping yeah, by, you. man. We want to uh, take step the time out to thank you guys for watching over on YouTube. It is where we get most oh, of our views. Uh, so we do want to thank you guys. Uh, if you're not into uh, wanting to watch the video, it is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Music. Spotify, and uh, Apple Music. And yeah, you can find those links down below in the video. Um, or you could just look us up on, uh, on Spotify at What's Up Brother Podcast. Uh, we are there. You will find us. And we are a Facebook group, too, if you just want to chime in, you know. You can help give us some reliable topics, you know, break, set some light on stuff. Yeah, stop by. Um, we got a guest in the building today. We got, a we got a who? We got a guest in the building today. A what? Um, and it, it's a, a close guest. She's very, very close to me. She helped me through a lot growing up. She is my uh, mm. high school guidance counselor she's going to stop right. by and give us a little little small minute of her time she don't have much time to give us but uh she's just going to give us a close to an hour so uh without further ado we just gonna get up in here all right get in, get in, get out. yeah so uh i did tell you guys we had a guest she is here um and we always start the show off because we're going to jump right into it so we don't wait so we don't waste time i know you say you uh you, you're kind of short on time tonight i don't want to hold you and mess up your your, your schedule uh, we always start off with uh, having our guests introduce themselves to the to the fans, to the audience. Are you want me to start? <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Miss McFadder. I'm one of the teachers, educators, slash social workers for Jersey City Public Schools. I've been there for 17 years um, to make it short. I'm also a social justice advocate, and um, I'm glad to see... Justin progressing. I'm good. I like to see former students doing things in the community. I'm um, thank you from the bottom of my heart for inviting me, and I'm glad. No man, to thank be you here for coming. Thank you for coming to on. To save man. a life, there's really a lot of issues to save. I'm glad to be here to save somebody's life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a lot of information you can share with people because you have been. Um, you was my guidance counselor when I was just a teen, baby teen, and uh, you did help me through a lot of things in in my teenager years. Uh, I don't know if you knew everything I was going through in life, but uh, you were there through the like uh, like important parts of it. Because not having nobody around really to talk to, you gave me that light of being able to leave class and come downstairs and have yeah. an hour session talking to you. So that actually helped me as a kid. So um, what what made you what made you want to get into like the teaching, helping kids uh, profession? Okay, it started at Kane University. Actually, my major was business management. That's what I got a degree, my bachelor's in. But then, down that time, in the early 90s, businesses were downsizing, and I always saw myself as somebody that flourished on campus, always involved. So I started volunteering on campus for the King College Hotline, which deal with people that's depressed. Then I joined Student Org, which was really a great thing. Then I really became interested in the sorority Delta Sigma Theta, which now I am a Delta. And I'm saying that with humility. And from there, I said, you know what? You can never downsize the need to help somebody. So oh, from there, 
the, the, the God grace that happened is that I found out that Kane University had a free graduate program. Mm-hmm. So I hopped right on it. As soon as I graduated, I graduated in 94. I found out in 96. I was in the MSW program in 97. I was the second graduating class. And hey. I got the grad assistantship where they actually paid for me to help people on campus and also pay for my degree. So I don't have no student debt. From there, hey. I got, and, and I just started flourishing. I work, I'm from Newark. So I started working for a nonprofit organization, Unified Bellsburg, where they had a city grant called Family Crisis Intervention Unit. I had the opportunity to work with Westside High School and Bellsburg Middle. That was when the bloods were very prevalent in the schools. Mm -hmm. And people don't know the history. That's why we went into uniforms, because of all the killings and you got on my Mm. colors. And so from there, they said, you know what, you should get your fact degree you should work in school you should work in a school system and from there i got my certification i got hired at jersey city public schools i was working at telly house with all the ex-offenders and i always told myself i ain't gonna work with no ex-offender but god is good the director there i needed a job he remembered me when i did my internship he said you got the job only thing you got to do is a writing sample and do a lecture with the uh, men here. And I got the job, but then Jersey City Public Schools hired me, and here I am. And now I'm a re-entry advocate, pushing for legislation. I'm also part of the decriminalization law with marijuana. They actually call that bill the R.J. Pallet bill. Um, I I worked on a unit at Jamesburg. So I pushed for a lot of legislation for our second chance population. So that's what I really do. so I do a lot of stuff. I just got honored. You really out here um, grounding. You really are. Yeah, I really I got honored. Yeah, I, I was elected actually by Brenda Payton, one of the teach special ed teachers at Lincoln. I just got honored at Sarah's Daughters and, and Bayonne. They all from Jersey City to help women going through domestic nice. violence and men, men that's going through it. So they just honored me. And I wasn't going to take the honor. They said, Melissa, you got to do it. So... I, like you I said, whatever I do, so. God giving me the strength to do this. This is his work. He, he just working through me to do it. Yep. So I this is that. what I do every day. And I hear that. That's the and, um, So if I could save a life through my advocacy, through my motivational speaking, and through my empowerment, that's what I do every day. I give something to the you community are. every day. And you are involved. That. I hear that. See, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do here. We're just trying, we're trying to get the real. people around us to realize that there's more in life than just what's outside in the streets. We're trying God. to get people to realize that we, as adults, have a big influence on young children, young teens, and we need to change the way that we uh we inf- not just influence them, but how involved we are in their lives. Because you know, just speaking to the area I live in. Uh, as you guys know, on you know previous episodes of the podcast, I have to explain. I do live in the hood. I do live where gang violence, uh, um, you know, haunts us, and there's no way to escape it. But when you look at the young kids and you see the glare in their eye, it's coming from seeing the drug dealers on the street instead of 
you know, having ambition to do something different. And that's what we're just trying to make people here realize that you could you could do something different than be a statistic in the street or be a gang member, sell drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had people from the army on the podcast. We had a, 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 a what was it? Occupational therapist. Occupational therapist. Yeah, so. occupational mm-hmm. therapist. I had a um an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur out in New York. I had another businesswoman. Mm-hmm. So we just try to get people to understand that there's all there are different ways around them to help each other, but not just that, but it's also different ways around us to get the community back into helping our kids understand that there's ways out of the environments around them. And just to mm-hmm. mimic what you said, Justin, I agree with you 100 percent It really breaks my heart to see here about shootings and killings, in particular, mm-hmm. those young men that was murdered from Lincoln High School. And I look up, you know, I said, those guys should have been in trade school. Because so many educators posted them in school graduating, but nobody helped those young men to say, sit them down. You don't need to be on this corner. They saw them every day. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Gang violence was in schools too. It bothers mm-hmm. me. I promote the trades. I even mentor an educational Gilmore. Kudos to him winning mm-hmm. water. I sat him down. I said, I could get you money how to get grants. That's what I do. I help our black young people realize that there's a better way. There's so much money in reentry. Mm-hmm. Does, you know, mm-hmm. It's just a, a shame that we losing our young men and ladies to the street. And just to speak to the young ladies, if you look around, statistically, a lot of our young black women are being missing. They're getting kidnapped. Um, just last week, a young lady from East Orange, only 14 years old, ended up missing. So I'm, I'm telling Please. the parents out there, you guys got to be mindful and watchful. Human trafficking is real. Real, 100%. And they're killing our young black men, women, and Latino. You got to mm-hmm. be mindful. I don't have children, but Lord, I wouldn't even want my grown-up going to school by themselves. No, and no. And, no, and I try to, you know, enlighten my people in the community about you need to be observant about what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a politician to be politically inclined. And this right. is why I have to tell people you have to wake up. There's a lot of things that's going on in the community. And looking at this spiritually, there was I think he was no more than 11 years old. He said, you guys, we're living in revelations right now, looking at this biblically and spiritually. What's going on with the voter suppression, mm-hmm. the killing, I mean, the vaccine, it's just, it's, 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 it's a combination, but you got to keep some faith. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share a little bit. I went through a deep depression last year because I was supposed to be married and then COVID hit. And, mm. and guess what? I, I, you know, I, I'm going to share this because this is very important. People see me as a hero. Mm-hmm. But I need to see your pain, too. I, yeah. You know, I'm a product of pain. And I tried to take my... I had suicide over 50 times. But I knew that God wasn't done with me. And that's when I got the call to, for Sarah's daughters. Everybody... I said, I started crying out of happiness. I said, you know what? This is a sign that God is not through with me. Mm-hmm. I can't... So I'm never going to go back to that dark place again. But I even mm-hmm. thought about writing a book. I got a self-help book on the way, but this book was going to be entitled Heroes Cry in the Dark Mm. because Mm. people didn't realize what I'm going through because they see me helping everybody. Mm. But COVID really, 
has manifested in some of everybody's life, whether you want to hear it or not. Mm-hmm. And now I'm yes, and now I'm at Dickinson High School. Oh my God, you talking about one day is suicide ideation, next day is homicide ideation, then it's homelessness. I mean, you 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 say it, I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kids are taking a mental beating every day, and a lot of them are becoming parentified. And another thing, the acculturation issue. We got MS7, Dickinson High School, and Ferris. Those are considered port of entry schools, meaning that we got we getting a lot of yes, we getting a lot of immigrants coming into Jersey City. Mm-hmm. That's another whole bag of mm-hmm. issues. They're coming in sex with sexual trauma. They're coming in homeless. They're coming in with acculturation issues. Mm-hmm. They're coming in with with no insurance, and they're coming in with trust issues. So mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and it, you know, we we dealing with a lot. So you got to try to hold on to some sanity. So I'll try yeah. to get these young brothers and sisters while we killing each other when there's a whole world of opportunity for you to do better. <laughs> it really bothers me. So if I can drop a jewel on somebody every day, I try to do that. I always get resources. <laughs> and Miss Braswell, Justin, called me to walk in encyclopedia. I told her no. Whatever I learned. <laughs> I said, you can't be in this game 20 years and yes, not know and nothing. Not exactly. You know, exactly. I'm going to be honest. I learned a lot from the ex-offenders, too, that I worked with. Oh, yeah. Experience they don't want to really empower me. Mm-hmm. When I was leaving Tully House, a lot of them said, you know, Miss McFadden, you inspired me. I said, well, you gave me a hard time. They said, we only did that, but we love you and we want you to succeed. You're a good counselor. You helped us. And to this day, a lot of my clients was from Jersey City. Mm-hmm. I'd be driving down the street, Miss McTada, you let me use the phone. Some <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. But it feels good when you can make an impact on somebody's, on somebody's life. life. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, just being able to help somebody, that's where I'm at in my space right now. No, I mean, um, we're, we appreciate all the hard work. Like I said, I mean, I had a firsthand experience of your counseling. So, um, you know, I went through a lot. Of it too. Yeah, I went, I went through a lot. Well, I adopted you as my son. Yeah, Every I mean, year. we spent a lot of time together. We did. We spent a lot of time together in high school. You, know, you was, was a thorn. You was a thorn in your father and Dr. Wynn's side. LOL. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. So it's good to see that progression, you know. Yeah, I changed. Good, I changed a lot. That we could look back and, and, you know, and you was in the prime of your teenage years. That, you know, you just. But I'm glad you learned from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's all an experience, man. Experience makes you grow if you take experience the right way. And I think that's what kids out here need to understand that. Just because other people are doing things and they experience stuff doesn't mean that you need to experience to learn from it. But also, going through certain things can teach you a lot about who you are and what you will you will uh, you will go through yourself in life or what you will put yourself through in life. And I think these teens don't understand that. You know, I have a daughter now, and I have a nine, I have a three year old daughter. And I have an almost 10 year old stepson. So now I'm starting to relive my childhood through him because he's hard headed. He doesn't like to listen, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I get to look back and be like, okay, I felt this way. That's why I acted this way. Let me go about it this way. So those things help me ultimately, you know, um, of being a better man, not just towards my children, but for myself. You understand? So, yes. I mean, you played the big role in that. Uh, I think you were the only goddess counsel I had throughout my high school um, tender. Because once I went to night school, that was that was it for me. I didn't have no 
wasn't no guidance counselor down there for me. It was just everybody, everybody fend for yourself. But uh, yeah, you you did help me through a lot in, in school because I didn't have an understanding father to actually sit down and talk to me the way you did. And, you know, we talked about everything from just joking around to, you know, serious things that I was going through. And you, you it was like you were always understanding. So I could see what those ex-cons, uh, the, the, the people that did have, uh, you know, make mistakes in their life and had fortunate events and, you know, some of them did it to themselves. Uh, for them to say that about you, I can see that just being a teenager of going back in that time. Like, yo, you really cared about me as a person and what I was going through to try to help me change the behavior that I was displaying. And that's uh, that's all, I think that's all people can ask for you. So, um, and one of the things that I always, I think this is why I had a good rapport with people. I said, I learned from you, you learn from me. Just because I'm in the other side of the chair, that doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's about reciprocity, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and when I worked at Tully House, I did something that a lot of counselors didn't understand. They get a jacket. They actually have a recidivism rate. A lot of people don't know that. So when they do the assessments at Tabor Hall and Bo Robertson, those are the assessment centers. Tabor Hall no longer here. But they actually do assessments, and then they have a score. And a lot of them got 80%, which means that the state only believe in them 20%. So by, by the time they come to me, I said, you could be the man that you're supposed to be. There's no evidence that you can't be the man that you're supposed to be. And I showed them their recidivism rate, and they mouth dropped. I said, this is based off your lifestyle, your family. They did all this in numbers, and they they only believed that you would do better 20%. I know you could prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to empower people, and, you know, I tell them there's no evidence that you can't be the individual that you're supposed to be. There is no evidence because you could do it. So a lot of them, I mean, he's no longer living. His name was Tariq Suba, Lord, rest, let him rest. He had got his first paycheck and showed me because, you know, at Tully House, and when you in phase three, you could go mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. He got his first paycheck and showed me. But when he got back out in the streets, they killed him. But, you know, I get a lot of calls. You, you, I said, on a, you said Tariq? His name was Tariq Suba. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was from Newark. He was in the gang life, but he changed his life. He was changing his life while he was at Tully. He had got a job. Because to be in phase three, there's phases. You mm -hmm. got when you first... Get off the bus in DOC, you want orientation phase, then you move to phase one. You test out. In phase two, you could be on the maintenance team. I was in charge of the maintenance team. And then phase three means clinically you're ready to move and transition and get mm -hmm. a job. That's why a lot of people mm. don't come to Telly House because you got a program. Yeah, you got to actually, actually work. It's like a parole board. You got an interview to get on phase three. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're in phase three, you, you can start looking for work. And um, he was in phase three, he got a job, showed me his first paycheck. But when he got home, about a couple of months later, you know, they killed him. So I get those calls also. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you get the it's good, about it's good sustainability. And yeah. Um, and being able to sustain, because what's out here is it, really hard when you don't have that continuity of support because they go back to that lifestyle because they don't feel that they can do anything better than something negative. So this is why I also promote the trades. Um, um, they asked me, I felt good about it. Job Corps asked me to sit on their workforce council. We have a meeting coming up this month. 
And they honored me. I did not know. They said, Melissa, we want you to come down for a network association. She announced all these people. She said, and this next person I want to give an award to. And I didn't have no idea it was me. Mm-hmm. So I, she said, because you invited us to our interagency task force, Jersey City Public Schools have an interagency task force where we have nonprofit agencies at the state, local, and municipal level. You can even join, Justin. I would love to see you. We meet yes. every first Friday of the month. Actually, our next meeting is um, our next meeting is actually Friday. Um, and will we invite speakers to come? You know, if they have a new agency in Jersey City, we allow them to speak. We go visit their agency and. And we give them a mutual understanding agreement. You might can even get a contract. It's a lot of young brothers coming back to Jersey City getting contracts to help our students. So you might can even come back, come join our task force and get a contract and come help our students out. Because yeah, really research, research has shown, really if you look at research, research has shown that our peers do a lot better when they see their peers doing better. So mm-hmm. you are more powerful influence mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. I'm an influence, but when they see you, then they move towards change. Mm-hmm. When they see that you could do it. Mm-hmm. But again, it all comes mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. tools and the support because now with the legalization of marijuana, that's another beast in our backyard because a lot yeah. of kids don't think <laughs> But on a federal level, man, you know I'm a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor too. So on a federal level, marijuana is not legal. You cannot take marijuana any federal park, and you will be locked up. Mm-hmm. So I just this, spoke to 1,200 students for Red Ribbon Week. I spoke to 1,200 freshmen and sophomores three weeks ago about this, and you can hear pin drop. I haven't shared this with you, Justin, but I did lose my baby brother to the streets, to the gang life, and he was doing drugs, and he died, and so I told my testimony, and something moved me that day. I I had my Sarah's daughter's trophy in the gym, and the guy brought it to me. I had left it in his, and my spirit moved me when I started talking to share my story about my brother, and um, let me tell you, when you talk about quietness in the gym, Mm Mm-hmm. When I speak, I speak with conviction. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I'm a product of pain. I never did drugs, but I'm a product of pain. And, my, you know, I told them that once you start doing drugs and you don't go get help, my brother died mm-hmm. because he was doing drugs from the age of 18 to 30. He never went to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And the sad part, my brother should have been the next Steph Curry. My brother was the baddest three-pointer point guard at Barringer High School, and he was a lefty. The agents was coming to our house when he got caught up in the in the, in the in the drug game. He was a crip, and, you know, oh, his life. Man. So I'm speaking from a personal, you know, standpoint that, you know, this hurts to see your baby brother gone and taken out of here. So I tell the students, do good. I said, when you do good, good to come to you. I said, I got mm-hmm. this call about being honest. So I started an ambassador program and I got 67 ambassadors in two days. Mm-hmm. Because I told them that drugs don't live here and bullying don't live here. 
but love mm-hmm. lives here mm-hmm. and honesty. Don't be a book. I tell them, don't be a bully. Bully, be a buddy. Cause you don't mm-hmm. know what somebody's going, going through. And I just got an email during this break. A student want to be an ambassador. So no matter where I go, I was thrown in Dickerson out of revenge, but wherever I go, I make it work. So that's the beauty of my skills that wherever I go, I can, I can make it work. I never had an issue with behaviors and I could take something that was a, a, a bad situation and turn it. Cause we got a lot of students and I got to say this. It's a little off the topic, but this fentanyl is hitting the street. Has oh, hit yeah. the street. We are losing a lot of our people to fentanyl. So I told I these young ladies and young men, the drug dealers mm-hmm. are putting this fentanyl and the, the, they're lacing it with the coke. They're lacing mm-hmm. it in the pills. They're lacing mm-hmm. it in the heroin. Look at Michael Williams, the actor from The Wire. Mm-hmm. I just met him two mm-hmm. years ago in Jersey City. Uh-huh. He comes Crazy. to every prison reentry. They put it in his heroin. I had just told my supervisor two days before his death, we need to do something about fentanyl. We need to educate our young students mm-hmm. and our adult parents that yes. nobody's exempt from being given gummy bears, chocolate, because they're putting this in everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. And I told Franklin Walker, we're going to have some bodies in Jersey City if you don't implement mm-hmm. or you don't allow us to do what we need to do. You're going to have some bodies. Mm-hmm. I even heard that they found a ways to put it in the weed, too. Yeah, they are. They yeah. actually spraying it. Yeah, they spraying it. Whole, I could do a whole panel on the drug cartels coming out of Mexico. Yeah. I went to every training this summer between the FBI, CIA, DEA, police chief, prosecutor's office. Everything came up about fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And these drug cartels don't care. And even Charlemagne and them had it on a breakfast club one morning. He said, I don't understand if they putting this dr- deadly drug out, they know it kills people. I said, but they don't care. That's, they know that it's a quick part high. Of yeah, it's part of their plan. It's a quick high mm-hmm. and that's what the fiends want. They want a, a quick high. And we're losing a lot of our in the last in, in week, in the last week mm-hmm. and a half, it have has been three crackheads out of my house, outside my house, tripping, bro. What do you think that is? I mean, tripping, like. Well, they doing that PCP too. That's true. That PC- that's I hear that should make you feel like you're Superman. Or yeah, but not, yeah, they they be they be wild. <laughs> I just don't I just don't understand it. Like, I mean, I'm a people that know me know I smoke weed, but I I, I get off of one person. That's it. And I have been getting off this person for 10 years. So I don't worry about, uh, you know, getting something that's least because I know he tries his product. So if it's least, he's going to get it first. But exactly. not just that, not just that, he, he, he's 100%, you know, real with me. And I'm the same with him. And that's why I would never go to nobody else because it's like, yo, just what you said. It's like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're giving you, man. You 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 walk down the block and all these guys yelling, "Yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this." Which I don't understand why they do that. But how do you know they got it? You didn't watch them bag it up. You didn't watch how they packed it. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You don't know what what country it came from. And a lot of mm-hmm. drugs are coming at it from the cartel, the Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. And the Mexican cartel don't give a fuck about the drugs killing people. They only care about the return of money they get from the drugs. And people don't. People don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's all about and money. You know, exactly. 
And another issue mm-hmm. that not, you know, y'all are just elect, not you per se, but gentrification is real. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see, I went to Jersey City yesterday to visit one of the teachers who's retired. She's in Jersey City Medical. Oh, my God. All the way down community on Grand. It's so much construction. But gentrification, your mayor is believing gentrification. Yeah, fill up and, to something else. And, yeah, and, and this is why voting is very important. And this is why mm-hmm. I gave kudos to Educational Gilmore, because he beat Jermaine Robinson. He made history. Yeah. They used his mugshot to I know, throw I saw him out of the race. I, I actually, so, so people don't know this. I, so you guys do know, I do have uh, Gilmore's personal photo. So I know him too. Me and him had a conversation. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast he wanted to wait to ask after election after the election, so I'm gonna put some pressure on him mm-hmm. about uh, getting him up here to tell his story. Yeah, and then we would have had him gonna, up there already. Honestly. Yeah, we we definitely gonna talk about that because I did see the the little campaign smear campaign they tried to do on him. Like his his uh the the first time I heard about him was from somebody in Washington State. Don't know how they heard of him, but they heard of him in Washington State. He came and told me about him. My mom's husband told me about him. I was like, I right, this guy is running. What, and then I read up on him, I researched him, and I was like, all right, what this guy seems to be running for seems to be what Ward F needs right now. We need to stop all this yeah. fucking construction, this building, and we need to figure a way how to get these black kids out of the damn streets and into more programs or, um, or activities to make them gain skills to be something. And like, that's his goal, yeah. you know, for me talking to them. Yeah. So when I yeah. when I saw that and looked at his interviews and her, and I researched his past, so I know exactly what he went to jail for and all that. I didn't, it didn't bother me because it was like, like you said, he came out and he changed himself. He didn't come out and go right back in. He didn't come out and do the same thing. He went in, learned his lesson. was like, I don't want to live this way the rest of my life. I have to do something. Came out, did what he had to do and wound up opening a rec center here in Jersey City. Like, that's amazing. Like, when you say he breaks, the, he like, he made history, it's not just about getting Jermaine. Like, it's the things that he's doing for the youth, bro, that I really can yeah. appreciate. With him. Getting them off the street and letting them know because I kind of mentor <laughs> Educational Gilmore. We was at Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was covering for somebody, because I'm at Dickinson now, and when I went to cover, and, you know, the child study team was like, these kids are acting up, McFad, I need your help. I went in there. I said, wait a minute. Half these kids are on Gilmore caseload. We're going to have a meeting with Educational Gilmore. They did not know who he was. So... He didn't know I did this kind of work either. That's why he really had greater respect because I mm. told him about the system of care. I said, honey, I said, Gilmore, I've been doing the system of care, behavioral health, when it was why you options, because a lot of people don't know about behavioral health, where mm. you could get a free therapist and a free mentor. And that's what he was under. Yeah. He has his agency under the system of care, like him, Dennis Febo, which means He's able to be a mentor to kids under the system of care. I broke it down for the ladies. He was like, wow, Ms. McFly, I didn't even know you know the system of care. I said, yeah, I used to be a needs assessor. So then I started talking to him about how to get grants. You guys can research this, but the money is in restorative justice right now. Restorative justice is bringing kids, juveniles, out of the prison system and giving them programming. And I'm part of that legislation. Yes, um, 150 years is enough. We did the rally in Newark, lock hands to unlock our kids. We sent a clear message to Phil Murphy, who was behind building that youth jail. We stopped it. So now 
this is why you're not going to have kids getting locked up for marijuana because we don't want our young brothers and sisters going through the same thing the adults the preschool to prison pipeline mm-hmm. that's the big right. thing out here they want our kids to go back to prison mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm part of the new jersey institute for social justice you should get liz up here that's the youth advocate she's from jersey city and she's doing a lot of good work with the youth advocate program where she's actually getting the kids off the street to learn voting she actually mm-hmm. helped us on a committee, and she's from Jersey City. She will be a good speaker because she's the face of the youth, helping them learn about voter suppression, getting mm-hmm. voter mm-hmm. registration. And I told mm-hmm. Educational Gilmore, we got to get these ex-offenders uh, registration because New Jersey passed the legislation last year that ex-offenders can vote now. That's so good. that's my yeah. mission is getting these that's gang the members. Mm-hmm. Um, to register to vote and their voice matter. Yeah. So that was my thing to Gilmore. Let's go in these projects. You talking to unregistered voters is useless because mm-hmm. we need you to win water. We need you to get your boots on and let these people know they could do exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But they need to be shown, not not just told. Yep. You have to show mm-hmm. people yep. what to do. And let me tell you, the money believer. is in the trade. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. We we've the been talking about this for years. I, I know that just yeah, because I don't even trade. live in Jersey. Yeah, we've been talking about this for years. Just by being handy and knowing what how to do stuff, you got a job for life. Like my coworker tells me that all the time because I work in concrete, and it's one of those where like that serious. If you know what you're doing, after a while, you can take it wherever you can. You can take it wherever you are, and that's yes. really what trades do. They can, you a can be layer. living in yeah, one place, get certified. You can do it anywhere. That's why you, I had, if uh... you're that good, you can do it on your own. I had yeah, to Let me tell you, they're offering do. jobs in Hawaii through Job Corps. That's why I sit on this PSCNG. I mean, they want, I'm telling you, that's where the money at. I mean, mm-hmm. if you guys don't listen to nobody else, listen to Dr. Umar Johnson. Very powerful brother. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who he is, please Google him. No, I know. We, we Dr. Know who Umar Johnson. We know who Umar is. But he said something powerful that nobody challenged him. This is why I love this guy. You know, he said, you know, college is great, but that only gives you theoretical skills. To survive mm-hmm. in the hood, you need practical skills. Skills, exactly. And, H- and he talked about also the HBCUs. They don't even teach black history. He said, I dare any HBCU to call up here. Nobody challenged him. So I followed Dr. Umar because he always gave me, he wrote a book. He said the book is strictly for parents about how to write letters if your child is classified. His whole five chapters, first 10 chapters, I'm sorry, is about how to help parents and advocate to declassify their kids because a lot of parents don't think they have rights. So you, like I said, I try to educate everybody on what I know. I give them the tools and mostly all my, all my resources are free. I don't charge people. This is why God keep blessing me. But there's a lot of resources if you know any kids out there that want to go to job course 16 to 24, let me know. I could get them in. They don't even have to have a high school diploma. The good thing about job corps now, they mm. offering online. You don't even have mm. to go live on campus, not number one. And if you want to go to college, they will still help you. And number three, if you're homeless, they will house you. Mm. They have a house. Mm. And the reason I understood this, I did a call of action last year for my task force 
I said, we can't have these providers here if they can't help us tackle issues in the community. So this is why mm -hmm. Jersey City, I was the chair of the interagency task force. I'm the co-chair now. But we have over 300 providers that come on. So we protect our community, our students and our parents, because you got providers that come into Jersey City and they want money. So we say, okay, what product do you have? Oh, I have this. Okay, we need you to do a presentation. Our second step, we want to visit your agency. Our third step, if we like what you do, we'll give you a mutual understanding agreement. But this is not about money. We have a lot of agencies that's free. So if you think you're going to come here and charge our students and their families that don't, that's all, live, trying to live above means, we can't have you on our task force. Mm -hmm. So this is why I, I educate people. And it's also to get resources. Mm -hmm. We tackle issues together, whether it's housing, whether it's substance abuse, mental health, you know, somebody getting a Those job. Those are things that are big, too. Yeah, like, Those you know, and, big and we need a student representative right now. We don't handle, we got our agencies. Um, we had, we need some student representative. I'm even trying to, I'm looking for young people to get contracts for Jersey City. Go, That's Jay. what I'm looking for. Our young entrepreneurs to make a difference in our schools. Yeah, just like I said, um, send me the information. Yeah, and we meet. I'll send you the Zoom link when I get to my office tomorrow. Okay. Um, my meeting is usually, I don't know if you're an early bird, our meeting is usually at 9.30. Uh, I could be up. It don't matter to me. Yeah, but it's yeah. a good thing that you, you can have a lot of these people on your podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for people that have experience in, you know, helping people that can share with other people and just give them just a, a little, like, that little thing in their brain to make them think, like, damn, bro, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life or do I want to make well, something of myself? That's well, I would love for you to, uh, I would love for you to interview my best friend and my, I met her through doing freedom fighting and rallies. I met her because, like I said, they had a listening session at Barringer when they had three listening sessions in Newark, Camden, and Trenton, because those were the areas where they wanted to build a jail. We stopped Murphy. Mm -hmm. I met her there. She's a former gang member out of Newark, New Jersey. She's not only a former gang member, now she owns, she trucking, she drives the truck, she has a CDL trucking company, and she, got a, and she got a company called Women Build Too. She do women construction. And that's getting dope. women in the trade. That's and that's amazing. a big thing, too. Yeah, getting I mean, women in. She drives tractor trailers. All that's I can amazing. ask for you is to pass my information over and tell them to hit me up. And I'll I, I work my magic yeah. and see if she would like to come on. I will. Yeah, and she's that's a freedom dope. fighter. That's amazing. Yes, and she's in Newark holding Rock accountable for those homeless people. She's out mm -hmm. there every night holding Rock accountable in the city of Newark. Yeah, cause because, like I said, is the politics. Yeah, you know what these mayors are doing too? You got to pay sending them different places, and they're selling out our historical buildings to the Jews. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on in Newark. You, yeah. We got to protect our history. We got to. And, and, and she called um, Melissa. You want to come rally? I said, you know what will impress me? I need to see the tenants rallying. I need to see them rallying for mm -hmm. housing because that's who lived there. If we mm -hmm. doing all the rally and they not you not empowering them, what are we gonna do? We got. I say that over mm -hmm. and over and over. You can only do so much, but it's the people yeah. that are affected that need to stand up and fight. Oh, yeah. And they just don't. They want a lot of humans want people to do their fighting for them, bro. <laughs> like 
Thank you. Look around the country. Look around the country with the voter suppression. It's real. And when you look at the voter suppression bills in Texas and Georgia, who you think they targeted? The black reentry people, mm-hmm. the disabled and elderly, and special ed. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get out there, our rights are going to be gone forever. Like, look at Herschel Walker. He's running against Warnock. He's a Republican, but he's run. They got Herschel Walker running against Warnock. And if we want, if, 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 if Herschel Walker get in the Senate, we done. No bills are going to get passed. They won't even pass the George Floyd bill or the John Lewis vote. It keep getting knocked down because nobody's paying attention. We need Democrats in there, but I'm going to be honest with you, all of them dirty, but we got to get we got to break that Senate up. We got to break the Senate up. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I've been saying that. Got to break that people, Senate up. People are so inclined to be like, let's defund the police, bro. No, defund the government. Like, that's who you need to, you need to defund this arm and dismiss some of these government yeah. officials because they're only in it for themselves. They're only in it for the money. And they can care less about every civilian in the area yeah. that they are responsible for, okay? This vaccine is all about money. This yeah. vaccine, and, and let me just be crystal clear. You got it? I'm not passing judgment. I don't have the vaccine because I'm woke, me number either. one. But if, if there's a lot of things going on with this vaccine. <laughs> that, and, and when I talk, I can talk off the air. I have the evidence. And when I show you something, you want to be like, wow. I, I try to tell too. people, first of all, if your job lets you go, you don't make them sign an immunity waiver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people don't know what that is. Here's the problem with the vaccine. And this has been, and this is a democratic agenda, this vaccine, when you look. Okay, number one, we in experimental, that's, that drug is still experimental stage, which mm-hmm. means that Pfizer has a liability shield. Mm-hmm. Moderna has a liability shield. Mm-hmm. J&J, which means that if you die, your family ain't getting no money for you. Oh, hell no. This is where the problem is sitting in the Senate. The GOP, the Rep- I agree with the Republicans on this. You want to give somebody a drug, and if they drop dead, their family can't. So basically, you want us to be your pet project, yeah. and you don't get no money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where the argument, and if you listen, mm-hmm. if you look at when Nancy Pelosi was doing mm-hmm. the Heroes Act, that's why it took so long to pass the legislation, because Mitch McConnell made it crystal clear. We want liability shield, because all these corporations are owned by them senators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pay close attention, because mm-hmm. they racist. They don't care about sending black people to work mm-hmm. in, in, in COVID places. And if you drop dead, they didn't they care. No, they don't. They so don't. that's a whole nother conversation with the vaccines. People get angry. I and said, we, we listen to, to Farrakhan. <laughs> we tend to stay away from it because yeah, I'm about to say, I, I mean, hear, there's I so many, super there, right there's now. so many, there's so many facts <laughs> on both sides of with the vaccination that it's like people tend to just listen to what mainstream media says and they don't do the research or question themselves. And it's like, yo, I have done small bit of research and the small bit of research that I've done, I've found stuff that is like, yo, nah, that don't make sense. This don't look right. That's not supposed to be like that. And then people I can just do this. this. I don't, I'm going to say this and I don't really care. I'm not vaccinated. You know what's saving me? Dr. Sebi. I take burdock root, um, vitamin D3, and black elderberry. 
Those are the three that survived the swine flu, and I ain't been, I, I've been COVID-free, and my my antibodies I just took Friday, and you know what my doctor said? Dad, you ain't been by nobody that got COVID. You got zero antibodies. Your system is booming. So I'm just saying, I'm about medical freedom. Freedom, yeah. And there's more than one way than a vaccine to be healthy. That's just my argument. It's not only a one-size-fit-all. And the reason why I share this is because I have a leaky heart valve. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Oh, wow. Yeah, I have I a leaky... I'm under doctor's care. Mm-hmm. So, give me a little more research on this drug. Put some more years right. in the game with the research. Right. That's all right. I'm... Right. I'm not That's knocking right. anybody that got that vaccine. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, if I drop dead, my family can't get no money from these companies. Yeah. Change the law. Mm-hmm. If you die because they're experimenting on you, you should be able to get a, your family should be able to be laid to you. You should be laid to rest with you your something. family having some type of money. Let's just That's go a little bit simpler. Let's go because like people on my show that watch me know I'm a criminal justice major. Let's go a little bit simpler. When you when you are a cause of somebody death death, what do you get charged with? Accessory. Right. But oh, there's another crazy. charge. There's another charge that you can get when you're the cause of somebody's death. You don't kill them, but you're the cause of them. You can you can get you can get charged with conspiracy, manslaughter, accessory to the crime. That's what I was thinking. Right. You can list off a whole whole uh list of charges. But the the the, the crazy thing is is like when you when you have a part in killing somebody, bro. You are liable for that. It's called the liability yeah. suit, a wrongful death suit. You, right. you are liable for that. These companies aren't. These companies aren't. And I have told you guys my my feel about the COVID vaccination. I don't take the flu vaccination. Never did. I don't take vaccinations. I don't like. I don't like putting stuff in my body. I like to. Uh, I like to. You know, rely on. Right. I would like to like to rely on my immune system a lot. I do also take elderberry. I drink a lot of vitamin C. Uh, I have not have COVID. Well, vitamin so. D has been proven. People that died of COVID or that had COVID was lacking vitamin, vitamin D. D. Fauci yeah. waited to half a million people to die to say, oh, I take vitamin D. That's why they killed Dr. Sebi. And this ain't no conspiracy theory because I can show you the evidence off air. So mm-hmm. when people come to me, I can show you evidence. I can't speak for nobody else, nobody else but that's right. what makes me an expert. Anything I've said tonight, I can show you the evidence. Because, like I said, this is an experimental stage. It hasn't mm-hmm. had... And, yep. and, 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 That's my and to make one better, you could Google the Steve Bannon show, even though he's a Trumper. He had Robert Malone. <laughs> I bet you you don't know who Robert Malone is. Robert Malone is the creator of the RNA messenger. Everybody's mm-hmm. using his patent. Pfizer, mm-hmm. Moderna, and JJJ. JJ. And guess what? And guess what Robert Malone said about Pfizer? And you could Google it. Google Steve Bannon show and Robert Malone. He's the founder and creator. You know what he said? He said, well, I have to say something about this uh, FDA approval. First of all, the media is lying. I'm the patent person. They taking my patent and they're lying about <laughs> FDA. First of all, the FDA director resigned. Go Google that. Damn. You know why they resigned? Because of the shit that's going on behind closed doors. That's number uh-huh. one. Number two, you know what Robert Malone, the creator of the RNA messages said? He said, well, I, I just want to talk about Pfizer for a minute. What I don't understand about Pfizer is people, the media is saying that it's FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. They actually got a new drug. It starts with a C. Kirk Kermy, it, it has the manufacturing license, 
but they haven't been really physically approved. And I'm telling you this because they got my patent. And number two, if the vaccine is safe and effective, why do they need a liability shield? Go look that up. That's live on the Steve Bannon show. And this is the guy that everybody's using there, his patent. He said, why do you need a liability shield if your vaccine is safe and effective? Mm -hmm. And you, this is from the creator mouth. I mean, but why do you need? But one of the things you can find interesting is the people that at Pfizer when he tried the when he tried to get on a plane, he couldn't. Yeah. Why? Because he didn't have the vaccination. If you look at most politicians, they don't have the vaccination. You look at oh. most doctors, they don't have the vaccination. You look at most oh, yeah. nurses, they don't have the vaccination. Oh yeah, here's I know a, that for a fact. Here's a another creepy. Here's another. Here's another creepy, appalling fact. That I don't think your guys know. You know that Biden didn't make his his uh, the Congress and the Senate don't have to take the vaccine. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't believe me, That's Google it. Google it. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then when, you know, because Biden doesn't do Biden doesn't do uh, press conferences because of his whatever dementia, he gets the Nobody red say, yeah, he's seen all low key. And they yeah. asked her, the Muslim lady, she's Indian, but she's Muslim. The news lady she said, well, do they mandate the vaccine? She said, no. She said, can you give me the numbers on how many of the Congress? She said, I can't give you that. Yeah, I can't so give you why that. Did, you telling the whole world they got to get vaccinated, but why your staff? You know something I don't know? Yeah, of course they know something. They know everything we don't know. They know everything we don't know. They, they know a lot, man. And that's why you got people out here, you know, a little bit off topic again, but still staying, you know, when you brought the topic with Kyrie Irving, the basketball player. He's not playing mm -hmm. basketball right now because New York oh, has a Oh, wait a minute. Mandate. Now they might change. They talked about him yesterday. Eric Adams, the, may the new mayor, they asked him, is you going to allow him? He said, he said Kyrie Irving got to work that out with the Nets. But the reason why Kyrie Irving not playing is because of the, the mandate. Mayor de Blasio put the rule in. The mandates. He has so to take the mandate away. Mayor, yeah, he has to take the mandate away for Kyrie to play. If the mandate is still in and in, 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 yeah. is still in, Kyrie can't play until he yeah, gets the vaccination. So far from what the NBA is making, it seems like it's based on your town. The mandates from what state you. It's not on the team. The team wants him there. Kyrie yeah. wants to be with the team. It's literally, it's literally one hundred percent the mandate. Like there's nothing, yeah, no other reason why Kyrie what, isn't playing with the team. Right? The Wizards, you you speak to any human right lawyer. You could speak to any human right lawyer. Asking somebody for your vaccine card is a human right violation. Mm -hmm. It's a HIPAA violation. But they don't even do oh, that with the Oh, by the, the way, flu. do you have a vaccine? That's just like me asking somebody, is they gay? Are you gay? Do you have a vaccine? I think that's inappropriate. As long yes. as you illustrate responsibility, because it's right. the people that's fully vaccinated that's catching COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. But they don't, they don't want to share none of this with you. Mm -mm. They don't want you but to I look into it. People, it's about, and, and I hate to say this, and I'm busting a lot of people. This is a Democratic uh, issue, this vaccine. They're pushing it, not the Republicans. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad they, they, um, they blocked Biden's mandate on private corporations for the mandate Friday. Oh, so good. they blocked his bill. And so now private companies, but you know, Jersey City Public Schools, um, we have to test weekly starting tomorrow, I think. Yeah, so does Hoboken. My, girl, my girlfriend works in uh, Wallace Island, Hoboken. Crazy. She has to test weekly, too. That's so, crazy. Um, so that means that's a lot of Q-tips going to a lot of people's nose. You're going to have a lot of disgruntled people. Well, you know what? I hate to say this. If the Republicans win the Senate, all this shit going to stop. 
Because I hate to say it, this is a Democratic agenda. It's biting, pushing this shit. And Fauci, phony ass, you know, that's why Rand Paul been digging in his ass. You did gain-of-function research. This is why we got a pandemic here. If you wouldn't have fucked with the Wuhan lab, you would have listened to Obama. All this shit started under that in 2017. Mm-hmm. If you go on YouTube right now and Google Fauci speaks at Georgetown, he tells you in that speech to those students, they're going to be a pandemic. There's nothing else. That's the proof. If people want to know, Google right now, Fauci speaks to Georgetown on YouTube. Listen to the whole speech. He tells you there's going to be a pandemic in the next administration. He tells you right there in 2017. Because it's all, they're all crooked, like you said in the beginning. And it's just like, that's why I don't they really touch on politics. They had to get rid of Dr. Sebi. They killed Dr. Sebi in jail. They had to get rid of him because... Fauci knows. Well, Fauci admitted after half a, half a million people die. Oh, by the way, I take vitamin D. You knew that worked in the first place. Yeah. Vitamin D and vitamin C. You knew this the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to speak, I wish you could get the woke doctor, Dr. Shiva up here, and Dr. Dr. Buttar. Those are the two woke doctors in the movement. Dr. Shiva is from Jersey. If, but you he send me, in if, you could, if you could send me the information, I will surely send them an email. He does everything digital now because they ban him because he's woke. He's the creator of the email, actually, too. So you want to get him on your show. I hope you could get him and Dr. Buttar on your show. Yeah, just send me the names and stuff after we get off, like all the information you said from the person earlier, your best friend, and then these two people. Yeah, yeah, I I see you all that. Um, He said viruses don't jump. Viruses move, which is true. He said, since when do... And he said the ventilators were crushing the people aviolas. Yeah, but you want to Yeah, but they 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 were told not to use the ventilators too. Yeah, but so a lot of a, ho- but a lot of hospitals did continue using them. But there was this doctor uh, on TikTok, and he showed you all his all their the hospital ventilators was wrapped in plastic and pushed into one room. They oh, were I not think I saw that. The nurse, yeah. the white man. Yeah, he was. They were not allowed to use them. So I know one thing. You know they get money for COVID deaths. A lot yeah. of people didn't know this either. Yeah, of course they get money Ooh. for everybody death. Right, <laughs> it's but not every new. COVID death in a hospital. Yeah. that person. Yeah, that's why. They, uh, that's why I have a friend that, and that's why I said I don't dig too much into COVID. But since we own it, I have a friend that literally grandfather passed away from fucking being old, and they said he died of natural causes. And a week later, they were like, "Nah, he died of COVID." So they literally tried to write somebody that naturally died off as a COVID death, like right in front of. Well, the my brother's face. a funeral director, and he. They started speaking out, like my brother, and he said, I'm not lying on nobody's thing. A lot of white funeral directors start speaking out. This is a lie. We They forcing us to change death. My brother said, you know, my brother has his funeral home in North Carolina, the McFadden funeral home. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not lying on nobody's death certificate. Death certificate, right. And we got to commend those people, because it's like, like, I try to tell my mom's, uh, you know, husband, like, there, there's truth on both sides of it. Like, two things could be true at the mm-hmm. same time. And you just got to look at all the facts for yourself and determine uh, where you want to be on what side of it you want to be on. But for me, it's like to be calling people that don't want the vaccination anti-vaxxers is like putting a label on them so you can subject us into being a statistic when that's not even it. For me, I don't even like taking shots, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like I'll tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, they're making it seem like something wrong with us. We don't yeah, want I don't. Vaccine. Yeah, I don't. I don't take the flu shot. I have never taken a flu shot unless my grandmother has made me take. Uh, got me to take it when I was a kid. I don't take the flu shot. I said right. from my flu shot. 
You know what my flu shot is? My elderberry, my pineapple juice, Look, and my damn. I, I don't got that. I don't got the elderberry. I, next to me. I don't got I the got elder. Hard. I don't got the elderberry next to me. But I keep my 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 vitamin C. You know, immune system boost gummies on handy, right. and I got the elderberry ones in the kitchen. I also have the liquid. With that elderberry liquid, it sticks. So <laughs> this is all a money game. Yeah, this yeah, definitely. Pandemics make money. Yeah, definitely. Bill Gates Wars became. Money. He he's already a billionaire, but everybody had to use a a computer, so he's richer. Mm-hmm. Fauci created the the damn lab, so all these people are just rich in a corporation. It, it's a money game. It's but this, it's not town. even. It's it's countries. It's there. There are countries that's coming out and speaking out about it too, like telling the truth about COVID and what's going on in their countries. So it's like I found out something very interesting from my girlfriend, who I want you on her show. She said, you know, she's very woke. She's very intelligent. And I learned from her. And this was making me more. She said, you know, at, for every death, the, the, the national debt goes down for every death. Mm. So I'm mm. like, wow. Like, she's taking people to another level. Like, that's how deep right. she is. She said, you know, for every death, the death, the national debt goes down. And we know that this vaccine thing was also about the population, too. Yeah. I mean, that was the speculation when people first came out that it was it was about population control and getting killing people off. Because, but one thing I would say about COVID is, and you guys like like Miss Fatter said, you can go Google it. The death toll, the death toll yearly, the death toll in the last I think four to five years has been the same at two point eight mil, including two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. It's been two point eight mil all all four of last last year. So where did COVID increase our death rate? It didn't. And some of the people didn't die from COVID because you, like, how you know they died of COVID? They were messing with the numbers. And to speak numbers for a minute, which really, this is why I'm, I'm a, a re-entry advocate. Also, I want you to Google this. The Marshall Project is suing Governor Murphy. The Marshall Project is the watchdog, because people don't know this, New Jersey had the number one highest prison deaths from COVID. And Murphy lied about the numbers. And he was supposed to release all those non, how you call it, the, the less violent offenders. Yeah, non-violent. He was supposed to release them in April. He didn't release them till, he, till half of them died. He released, that's when McGreevy got involved, because I was downtown when they got off the bus. He released a thousand of them in December. So he took a lot of heat. So now New Jersey is being watched in the prison because of the numbers, and, and, and they all had a motorcade going to Trenton, say, say their names, because our governor, you know, he's trying to say, no, you didn't tell the war, and you signed the executive order, and you didn't follow through. This is why we had prison deaths. Mm-hmm. You didn't follow mm-hmm. through on your executive order. Mm-hmm. And they're closing um, Ed McMahon because the women was being beaten by the prison guards Murphy just called the investigation. He took a lot of heat from McGreevy and a lot of advocates because he waited too late. And one of the guards was from Jersey City, said they're closing down um, the women's prison because it was substantiated. These women got beaten. Our Senator Cunningham tried to reach the Wharton for three months and couldn't get through because of all the shady stuff. New Jersey need to be shamed. And and to talk about Ida, we had more Ida deaths than New Orleans. I didn't understand that until the debate. So I'm glad I got, I'm glad Jack Chicharilli educated me on that. We had 30 deaths 
we have more deaths than Ida than New Orleans. Because you know why? The governor, I lost my car in Ida. You know where I lost my car at? Downtown Newark. I was at a comedy show. Because Governor Murphy didn't call a state of emergency to 10 o'clock. But you know what? I thank God I didn't lose my life. I live in Elizabeth. Five Mm -hmm. people in my town lost their life in the housing complex. Because this exposed a lot of landlords. People was living in the basements. But I didn't know 30 deaths behind somebody calling a state of emergency left. Assemblyman Holly called me while I was in Newark. Because, again, my girlfriend is a freedom fighter. So I'm going through something. But I got a new car. God is good. I said I don't make trauma famous. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, I mean, like we, you know, we taking a hit on a lot of things going on. We just, this is a time where I would love to see the gang members dropping their guns, hugging each other, doing gang truces. You know, I, this is just a time where we need to love each other. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, and it just people are just that. When you talk about gang members, though, it's just like. You think they watch the news? You think they know that we, we could be potentially going into war with China? Do you think they know that? Like, no. They don't care about no. that. They care about... This is why I, I kind of like... They, like they care about the money. They they care about the money. They care about what's on the corner, the, the, the status But I'll tell you what, from. okay. Now, Google my cousin. I, I, let me share this with you. Shen Duke McFadden. I, I don't know if your colleague on the other know about my cousin Shanduke McFadden, got the same first cousin, just ran for Brooklyn Borough President. He would have been on Eric Adams' ticket, but he was on another guy. He's a former blood gang member. Mm -hmm. He has Yandy Smith from Love & Hip Hop on his payroll. He has my son, a rapper, on it. Look him up. The name of his organization Mm -hmm. is called GMAC. Gangsters Making Astronomical Community Change. And let me tell you, Jersey City won him. Let me tell you how he changed gang members. And you can share the love and you can call his organization tomorrow morning. Let me tell you how he changed gang members. He's an executive director of his organization. Mayor de Blasio, Jemani Williams, you know all the Jersey, all the New York politicians give him grants because he has the violence interruption program. That's the new language. You're going to hear a lot of prevention reentry programs talk mm-hmm. about violence interruption. That's the language. Let me tell you how he changed a gang member's life. You know what he say? So when Mayor Fulop asked him to come over there, you know what he said? He said, that's two things. Number one, you either need to bring the gang leaders to the table or somebody with street credibility. I can't come to your hood. I can't come to your town unless you got those two things in place. If you bring somebody with street credibility to the table, then they can go get the gang members. If they choose, if the gang leaders choose to come to the table, then we can have a conversation. Once we get the gang leaders, and the reason why he's saying leaders, watch what I'm about to share with you. I know. When he gets the gang leaders to the table, he asks them two questions. Are you ready to change your life? And do you want to make $70,000 to be a director of your area? If they say yes, he trained you. He said, your job is to get, get your homies off the street. You will be the Jersey City branch of my organization in New York. This would be the Greenville. You will be the director of Greenville area. And the reason why he got to get the leaders, because those are the ones 
God and the homies. Mm-hmm. Get the homies off the street. We're going to train them. You go to training to learn that violence is a public health crisis. He get them in the trades. And let me tell you, go on his page, look up Duke McFadden. You got to stroll through all his pictures. You're going to see him pulling up to Westside High School two years ago with a van. You're going to see him pull up with the Italian boys, and he pull out a live closet of suits. He said, I don't talk about it. All these young men have got a job. We got to dress them. He pulls up to Westside High School and give every young man a suit. They go on a van and get the suit that they want. He's That's changing lives. Educational Gilmore know about my cousin. Mm-hmm. So I said, learn from him. Because and that's the, GMAC, the money, right? yeah, it's called GMAC. Uh-huh. Gates is making astronomical community change. Yeah, I definitely got to check that out because that's awesome. He did the yeah, game that's Truth dope. in York. That's hard. Yeah, he trained. That's Look, hard. let me tell you. Nope, crime has went down too. He has a gala every year. He has a gala every year. Let yeah. me tell y'all something. His gala, where he do the fundraiser, he used to have Jada Kiss perform. This is the the gala I went to was better than any wedding I've seen. And this is no lie. I got to show you. You ever seen a live bar come out of the ceiling? He pushed the button. The bar came out of the ceiling. And it flipped (laughs) into a full bar. That brother, he still got that gangster swag. But let me tell you, his program is very unique. He goes to each area in New York and find gang leaders because he here tell you, this is not my area. I was a blood, but I didn't I didn't run this part of Brooklyn. So he'll find a gangster mm-hmm. that's running Brooklyn and take him off the street. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm a living testimony. I was at his gala and there was this young man behind me. I guess you could tell he just came home. He was suited up. And when Yandy went to go speak, he was like a kid in the candy store, like he's saliving. I said, Dad, he's irking me, right? I'm talking to one of the gang directors in Newark. He had his gang director come get me. So I'm t- we on our way home. I said, who was that aggravating guy behind me? You know, he said, let me tell you something, Melissa. That man, that little boy got all those guns off the street in Brooklyn. Actually, he had more clout than your cousin, and your cousin knew that. Your cousin got him out the street. He got a lot of guns off the street. And there was a the lady from the Million Woman March. She spoke. Right. And one of the politicians, I can't remember her name, she said, on my way here, there was a young man shot. And I made a call to you. I know you had the gang at the gangster gala, but long as I'm a city councilwoman in New York, you will get funded. Man de Blasio was at my cousin's funeral. Because I don't know if you guys realize five years ago, you may not remember, T.I. had a concert at Irvin Plaza. I don't know if you remember the rapper Troy Ass. Yeah, I know who you're the talking The rapper about. Troy Ass had, he, my cousin hung with him, which is Shanduke baby brother. My cousin was murdered because of the beef that Troy Ass had. So my aunt is suing T.I. and all of them. It's a big thing. It was all over TMZ. And when I came to school, even the white people said, I said, yes, he my cousin. Because it was all over BLS, TMZ, about Ronald McFadden getting shot behind Troy Ass. So that was a big thing. And T.I., and, 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 and you know, he blaming Mano. Mano said, I had nothing to do with his murder. He, 
made an apology to my family, but it's real in the streets. And then my no, content, gang violence is really like that, man. You anybody yeah, can come a victim to it. I mean, you just look at Chicago and them. They you ever heard of Doggy Diamond? No. Doggy Diamond does. I didn't know who this guy was. He does podcasts. I got a call. They said, Melissa, you need to call your cousin Shandu. I said, why? He said, I think he's going to revert back to the gang life. I said, nah, he got, he's an executive director of GMAC. He's too big. He said, no, Melissa, you need to look at Doggy Diamond's podcast tonight. So when I looked, oh, my God, my cousin had on his gang stuff, talking about Troy ass. So when he got off the podcast, I called him. I said, cuz, you came too far. You an yeah. executive director, for God's mm -hmm. sake. Troy Ave is a clown. Then Masan, mm -hmm. what's his name? The rapper that um, my son went on WBLS and made a rap. Everybody was calling on Funkmaster Flex because Troy Ave made a rap about my cousin saying he want him in a mausoleum. Mm. And they told him, don't send my aunt flowers. Whatever you do, he sent my aunt flowers. So there's an ongoing beef there. And he said, you killed my cousin. You, you rapping on Funkmaster Flex. You didn't even offer my mother no money. Nigga, you a clown. They almost killed. Troy yeah. Troy F almost got shot in point blank range. God saved him. He in hiding now. I don't know where yet. He's in somewhere. You don't hear about Troy Ave no more after that incident. Yeah, I haven't heard his name but, in a while, but I know exactly who you're talking about. But we say this to say, I mean, with all this, you know, trials and tribulations, I just try to keep my head up, you know, and, and I was almost a victim of a carjacking. I I got away. So I could tell a lot of stories, oh, but you know, God ain't done with me. No, he's but if not. I, if I didn't he, know the streets of Newark, they would have got me. You have done uh, mm -hmm. you have done too much good in this world for God to annoy you. Oh, yeah. Oh, huh? yeah. I said, you have done too much. I said, I said, you have done too much good in this world for God to annoy you. Oh, yeah, but I. Yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, evil, evil still exists. Yeah, evil does exist, but and let me tell you, Satan mm -hmm. be riding me, but I try to keep him off me. Oh yeah, he by rides doing... me too. He rides me too, and, and I laugh. You gotta at him. keep some form of faith and spirituality, when no matter what you worship. But I think that some kind of higher power, or inner spirituality, that gotta keep you grounded to do this type of work. Because people think this is easy trying to no, it's not. get information mm -hmm. out. It's not easy. No, it's not. It's you not. Know? Especially when you got went... a whole crowd that's not trying to hear what you're trying to say. Yeah, like, you know, I'm trying to tell people, educate people, this is the way to go. Like I tell young people, okay, you want a job? You ain't got to, you want to go, I'll get you, go to, you can go take your HVAC or get your auto mechanic license for that's free. Right. I make one yeah. phone call to change your life. You can get oh, off the street. No. If you're homeless, this is what you need to do. Tell your story. But some people, they so caught up in that lifestyle. Fast you know, and it's called, it's a word called compassion fatigue. It's real. Look it up. Compassion fatigue. Where you actually burn yourself out because you're helping everybody else. I know so exactly now, I know how to, I do know how to say no, Justin. I do because now I'm in self-care oh. mode. Mm -hmm. This stuff can take a toll on your life. So mm -hmm. I feel like this. My job is done for the day once I give people the education, the knowledge, and the tools. They have to be the, they have to, I give them the keys. They have to drop. 
I can't drive the car for you. It's up to you to implement and execute. Yep. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, and you know, you got to also balance your life. I learned that the hard way. Now I go to little concerts because it was all work, 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 and no play. You actually kill yourself if you don't indulge in some self-care mm-hmm. activities. Oh, yeah. So I tell parents, oh, yeah. even though we're in a world of COVID, create some mm-hmm. safe space for you and your child. Mm-hmm. Do some family yep. activities. Be more yep. watchful because a yep. lot of kids went into depression. Don't assume yep. that Johnny is in there playing video games. He might be planning to kill himself. Create healthy right. spaces. <laughs> I tell parents, you know, and, 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 and let the child be him because we're dealing with a lot of transgender issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so this is a time where parents really got to be watchful yeah, um, and, and, and observant and, and creating safe spaces for their children mm-hmm. um, and be understanding of their children. Mm-hmm. That's um, because, and a lot of kids are becoming parentified too. Like they're the ones trying to, you know, you know, um, Soothe mommy and daddy and trying to keep the household. You, you, so many stories I've got at Dickinson where seniors are crying because daddy is sick and mommy got to take mm. care of daddy and they got to do their exams and they crying. So, you know. Their kids deal with a lot too. Yeah, so, you know, the kids are becoming parentified, you know, and this is why, you know, I said, I tell them everybody's going through something. This is a time where we just got to, you know, get some form. I I give students affirmations. I mean, I think that's what keep me going to say I am strong. I am resilient. I am confident. I say this to myself in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, because life is a challenge. I mean, it is every day. I was supposed to get married. I was engaged. I was supposed to get I remember have an that. engagement party in Jersey and get married in New mm, Orleans. Mm, 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 <laughs> and um, we went through it. I mean, right now we are now a separation stage, but who knows what the future brings? Yeah, definitely. You know, he it's wanted to come to Jersey, but I said you can't come to Jersey with that foolery. I can't do it. Yeah. And you gotta um, he's in a make sure everything works out. Yeah, he's in a fraternity, but you know, I said, you know, right now I'm in a sorority, but the sorority don't make me. I'm, I make, I'm part of the organization. I'm an asset. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and um, that's a great way of looking at it. You know, I don't go around. Oh, I'm a Delta Delta. You know, but it's beautiful being in an organization with of, of, of over a million women. We just charted. Two chapters in Africa and Egypt this year. Oh, yeah. So That's amazing. we're worldwide. That's I amazing. Mean, two char- yeah. yeah, we just charted in the, yeah, we just charted in Africa. Nice. So, you know, um I mean this voting thing, I think this is what's keeping me grounded, my sorority sisters. You That's know, good. and um actually I was picked for the community impact award. During my time I was nice. going through, they was like, I couldn't believe it. Until, if you understand D9, fraternities, and right, when a charter member call you and say, you deserve that award, that's big. So when that yeah. charter member called me and said, Melissa, you are deserving to take home the Community Impact Award. This is not Sarah's door. This is with Delta now. Mm-hmm. I cried. Mm-hmm. I said, the char- she said, I missed the meeting. 
But the girl did my resume. She said, girl, we, we had to all drop our pens. We didn't know you do so much stuff. I said, because I do it with humility. That's how I was raised. My father yeah. had three pillars in my house, meaning that you go to work, you work hard, you go to school, and you love and you mm-hmm. give. Those were the pillars in my house that my father and mother told us. You either gonna go to work or school, you're gonna love, you're gonna give, and you're gonna work hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I'm just thankful to have parents um that loved me, you know. my father's spirit moves on and um my father even cooked for Twilight one year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we Twilight. lost a great man. I wanted to tell you Justin that late that school school night school program? Yeah, in yes, Twilight. Yeah. I came Damn, from Twilight. I haven't heard about but I wanted to, ever. But I wanted to share Jim. I don't think you were there, Justin, but we lost one of the ex offenders from Jersey City named Abdul. That's who they named Logan Hall after. Anybody that knows about Logan Hall on Abdul Salam Logan, they named that Hall after him. He was the first ex offender to do a job fair. He loved me so much where he used to come to Twilight mm. for free and try nice. to change those those kids. But it was a gym that he left. You was talking earlier about how like you try to teach your son and you know, you learn through things. Um, I wanted to share a gym with you that Logan left me. Mm-hmm. He said, let your hindsight give you insight for mm-hmm. your foresight. Yep. I thought that was powerful. Oh, that is powerful. He yeah, said, let your hindsight give you insight for your foresight. Mm-hmm. That's and, cool. And, and you listeners need to take that. Right? It's not just for me, yeah, it's for you guys you too. Right? Write that down right no, there. take that. You know, because I definitely. like sharing. Yeah, definitely. Let but I think that's the key too. It's, a, it's not just about life. gaining knowledge. It's about sharing that knowledge with other people so they can then share the knowledge. And we create a tr- chain of knowledge that's being shared so people understand the things they can do in life with their life. Because a lot of people are confused at 40 on what they, what they want to do with their life. I see it here. Like mm-hmm. I see 40-year-old drug dealers. You, you, you watch the news and you see 50, 60-year-old drug dealers being arrested. And it's just like, yo, mm-hmm. it, the money mm-hmm. ain't that and good, bro. The money ain't that good. Not it's unless you're at the top, top. The money ain't quick. that good. It's, it's, quick, it's, it's quick for some, bro. But it could be, it could be a, a long, long for others because... A lot of people don't even know what they're doing. So they get into to they get into these activities and they get caught the, the first, second, third day. And now, like Ms. McFadden alluded to earlier, now they're going into a system that wants them in. They're going into a jail yeah. uh, system they that call wants it psycho, them. Clinically speaking, they call it psychopathology. Mm-hmm. Where mm. you want to understand, are you institutionalized? You want to keep, we're in a world of COVID and you still committing crimes. That's psychopathology. Mm-hmm. We got to change mm-hmm. the narrative, mm-hmm. but some people don't want to be changed. Mm-hmm. So I realize mm-hmm. you can't save everybody. No. So you've you done your job doing this podcast because somebody's yep. listening and you're taking a jewel home and you giving information. Mm-hmm. That's the best you can be. You have mm-hmm. done your job for the day. And mm-hmm. I've learned because, I, like I said, compassion fatigue is a clinical disorder where you love everybody else and burn yourself out. That's a real disorder, compassion yeah. fatigue. Yeah. So I've learned that self-care is very important. That you got to mm-hmm. take care of yourself in order to take it care is. of anybody else. Yes. Or you got to oh, balance yeah. your life. 
Mm-hmm. You can't live your life yeah. in an unbalanced scale. You got to be yeah, able honey. to live. I always come with some, you know, I said, you need to decide. And Logan also gave me a, 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 a poem called Your Life is an Audience. But I'm going to narrow it down in two sentences. Basically, what he was saying is you need to decide who you want in the front row seat of your life versus the balcony. You know that old saying, some people you got to deal with with a silver spoon? Mm -hmm. I say, some people you got to deal with with a shovel. Mm -hmm. Because they mean you no good. They can't be in the front row seat Mm -hmm. of your life. And and I keep stuff simple, but so profound what people can understand. Change Mm -hmm. is mandatory. Growth is optional. Yes. So I want to grow every day spiritually, intellectually, and, and emotionally, every day I need to grow. I read something on health. Like if you talk to me off here, you would think I'm a doctor. I said, no, I'm not a doctor, but I've been reading about naturopathic no. herbs since 2016. And when you read something every night, that's going to give you spiritual inclination and, and, and some and, and professional and personal growth, it makes you a better person because you're able to share mm-hmm. anything about me mm-hmm. i don't share nothing without evidence i was mm-hmm. taught in my master's degree if, that what well, that's what make you an expert when you share mm-hmm. and you debate anybody you gotta have evidence. the research behind it yep gotta have facts behind mm-hmm. it and i always say that so it i'm was, not gonna mm-hmm. ever debate you and i can't quote <laughs> where I get back it from or show you where i get it from when I started this podcast, that was one thing I, I told T, you know, we're going to have to make sure we are factually correct because that in itself can go a long way. Just being factually correct in what you're saying can go a long way. Exactly. You got to be, you got to be able to, because some people like to just see themselves talk. They can't give you no evidence. Mm-hmm. But so like Dr. Shiva... And, you know, a lot of people are going, um, they're, they're taking their platforms digitally because YouTube, Facebook, you need to look up the 12 dozen. If you want to find out factual information or if you want to learn the other side about the vaccine, they call them the 12 dozen. This is who Biden administration and um, the government wants them off social media. Look up the 12 dozen. I think two of them um, is under Farrakhan and it's. It's a couple of people, human rights lawyers. They call mm-hmm. them the 12 dozen. They want them on Facebook or any social media because they say they're spreading misinformation. Yeah, that's a new term now. It's a new term there to get people to to not to don't think that you're telling the truth. It's like, oh, no, he's misinformed or he's spreading misinformation. Right. Like Joe Rogan. Uh, it, Joe, Joe, Rogan took, Joe Rogan took something that worked for him. It 100% worked for him. Not saying it worked for everybody else, but it 100% worked for Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan tell people that, look, this is what I took. It worked for me. And then everybody on CNN got to go and discredit this man and tell him he's misinformed and he's, 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 he's missing, uh, has misinformation. Like, that's why there's a, there's a whistleblower from Facebook, too. That's a, she, she's telling all right now. She's telling. Well, Facebook's going to be changing their name. To meta, M-E-T-A. To, to that meta, right? Yeah. Meta, whatever. Facebook, Why they changing their names? I don't know. I think it's one of those where he probably forged, forging it with another company type deal to like basically open up networking or something like that. I don't know completely, but that's just my hunch. I know they, they're making, they're about to make a lot of changes to Facebook too. So you I would think like it's going to gonna remain free? 
Uh, I don't you know. think they're gonna move into charging people? If they do, they ain't gonna That's have nobody really on it. They ain't gonna have nobody really on it if they do. Because what service are you gonna provide? What 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 are they paying for? To talk to their friends right. when they can literally just text their friends? Right. Like, yeah, social media is a and great place to meet new people. Social, social media is a great place to meet new people, but where do people meet people on social media? In groups or in or in activities that they like doing. You can easily still meet those new people. Little right. bit of both depending on the person, but yeah. I'm not paying because this was years ago they talked about making Facebook a paid service. I'm not paying for it. No, I didn't even want a Facebook to be. What is it? What is it? What is it, it going to be the new OnlyFans? I'm like, I don't, what did it make it? Facebook, Facebook is good if you want to market a product. Like, it's not always, it's not 100% bad, but I think it really influences people to kill their stuff. It's some bad influences. Like that girl they killed. But I, I didn't agree what she was doing, but she didn't deserve to be murdered. The girl, she caught her mm. ex-boyfriend or whatever having sex. He was a gang member. And she went on Facebook Live and said she tried to extort them. She said how they was she was in a room with them and she caught them. And she went on Facebook Live telling the story. And then she gave their name. Mm -hmm. She went in her car. They chased her and they killed her. I mean, that's gang life for you. Yeah, like don't su don't surprise me. M sixteen, the M M M thirteens back in the day had a had a lady that was down with them. She became an informant for the cops. Cops told them told her not to contact them. She wound up contacting one of the guys that she was cool with. He coerced her into coming back, and they wound up killing her. So that's been gang life. It's it's been gang life. Just where I live. Um, where you live, Justin? You still live over there on um? No, nah, I'm on Bidwell now. Oh yeah, yeah I'm no. worse. I'm I'm up, up in, in, in the gang violence. But now, uh, wait a minute, your father? Where your father and them live at? My father's in Bayonne. Oh, okay. My, my grandmother's on Virginia, a couple of blocks away from me. What about your brother? Uh, one of my brothers stay with my sure. sister in Bayonne, and the other ones out in PA. What about Chris? Chris Tisdale, your uncle. Uh, uncle Chris still has his own apartment. He's still in Jersey. Um. Last time I checked, he was he was working on some promotions that he was getting. I think he, he was he was gonna become a principal or is a principal, something like that. I know he just okay. he he does his thing. You know him. He stays in his own world and do, and he does his thing. Yeah. That's okay. that's I mean they gentrifying up there, Bidwell. That yeah. whole area. Yeah. I mean it's Jews. Yeah, I got, a, I, got a, area. I got this the Jewish um market was shot up uh, last year. Oh, yeah, that was tragic right there. Yeah, I did my last episode of my podcast had uh, a detective who's a, he's a detective now, but at the at that time he was a regular cop. But I grew up with him, and he was involved in the yeah. shooting. And I live right here for where the shooting happened, so I was literally yeah. involved in the shooting too. So I uh, we we kind of talked about it last week, but it's like, yeah, I mean, Jewish people, I, yeah. I have not I have not grown up in. To be here in this hood 30 years and the last five years, Jews have really been taken over here. Because yeah, they haven't yeah, been yeah. here like this. You'll see one one of them, but now you just see the kids walking down the street. Actually, that's all so. over. They got they all over Lakewood, Roselle. Yeah. They, they marking it. Well, actually, yeah. Phillip bringing them into Jersey City. Yeah, why not? Ooh. They literally coming to people's houses. They in the hood on MLK, ringing your bell. Y'all want to sell your house? They got bags of money. Mm. Now, I, heard, I heard I heard that the Jewish people <laughs> I don't know how true this is I, you know when I look at the camera for real but I heard the Jewish people be paying homeless people to burn down people's houses bro. <laughs> that's what I heard yo I think they're doing that yo you, yo, your theory is not wrong 
That's what I heard. It. That's what I heard. Insurance money. Look all these fires. I, I, I think those fires are strategic. Nobody can tell me wrong. Yeah. Because, like, yo, I, it, it's, I've been sitting here thinking, like, I, when I have my conversation with God, like, God, don't let my house catch on fire. Like, because I've never seen so many fires in my life, bro. Honey, that's strategic, Justin. Because yeah, I used to I do think. health fairs. Like, everybody that know me, I do the biggest health fairs. So one time the fire field, I said, I got to get this off my chest. I asked him in private. He was like, I said, come on now, them fires. He said, I can't say nothing. So what that tells you? Yeah, it's because definitely you know it's like as soon as they burn and then like right there on um Lexington, what's that building right there? And I think they burnt that little bodega. They're gonna eventually make that something. Mm-hmm. Right there on Lexington, that little bodega, yeah. that's burnt down. And yeah, they burnt wow. that building, that little corner store right there. But see, I don't get why would that see the only thing against that tactic is like, do you know how many abandoned buildings there are here in Jersey City? There's a lot. Hell yeah, but they're trying to take over Greenville. Yeah, I know. And I don't know what they're trying to do with it. What are you going to do? Like, I get it. You pushed everybody out the hood. It's out called gentrification. Yeah, I know. They, but you, gonna... pushed, you pushed everybody out the projects. Every project got rebuilt. White, new, brand new picket fences, houses, all these new houses. No, there's not. It's only like two projects that hasn't been touched yet or one project <laughs> that hasn't been touched. All the projects are brand new houses. Everybody from the projects came up this way. Now where are you going to send them? Mexico. And you and I got I got something to tell you. You can't go to Newark because Mayor Phillip and Ross Baraka, he's teaching them how to gentrify. You can't go to Newark because you gotta pay four dollars to park downtown. You honey, you can't Mm-mm. go to Newark either. No, so they ain't, ain't, come ain't, to uh, ain't they in the big they in the big lawsuit right now too, they're about to go to start going court for the audience, right? Of yes. uh what you call it, sending homeless people over here in New York. Yes. So I mean it, it, People do some stupid, shady stuff, and it'd be like, yo, you could spend that same energy into helping the community or helping these cops. Like, that's a big thing for me right now. It's and like, the people got to want to help themselves. The so, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. No. You, you, your iPhone costs more than your rent. Yeah. And I spoke a rally for you. Yeah. Y'all be in a Nike oh. store. You should go to Newark. The Nike store was so, the line was all the way around the corner, like they're giving out free money. I mean, I that's mean, black, black people were too materialistic. We said black people at the same time. Blast black people, nice. bro. That's yeah. just how they live their lives. Yeah. You know what? And, I'm, I, and the, yeah. you know, we got to start. It's the difference between making money and building wealth. Those mm-hmm. are two different entities. We got to build wealth. In order to build wealth, we can't build an empire until we build wealth. Exactly. And this is what's going on. It's either going to make or break you. I tell yep. people to get their Trump o'clock. I'm not trying to be funny. But it's about capitalization. Mm-hmm. Get your Trump o'clock. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, if Trump didn't wake you up, get your Trump o'clock and take your mm-hmm. pajamas off. Yep. Because the Trump o'clock is real. Trump wake was up, there. people. Trump was wake there. up. This is the time to build wealth. There's no uh-huh. time to play games. Nope. Mm-hmm. Making money and building wealth are two different things. Yes, it is. So, and, and, and that should be the next topic because this young generation. They don't want to work. I'm like, come on. Like they'll sell drugs then. Ain't that a form of a job? <laughs> Ain't that a form of a right. job? They think they got when you, their own. When you like, think, when you think about it, when you think about it, I have heard a business person say, like a legit business person say that if he had to hire anybody, he would hire drug dealers because they already have that 
you know, innate skill of getting the product off, knowing how to sell the product. Mm -hmm. Like, so, I mean, you guys, it, it does give you somewhat of a skill, but you are right. This these new generations is is lazy to work. Nobody wants to work. Everybody just want to stand on the floor. Oh, Even yeah. some of these young ladies. Now. That's why a lot of places having hella sign on bonuses and stuff like that, just to join, just to get, uh, just to fill out some paperwork to hire for places, just because the jobs are in high demand. Like it's crazy right now. Yeah, but that that's the cause of the pandemic and a lot of people getting laid off. And then, and because you know, and another thing, Biden was writing checks during the whole pandemic. I mean, you t this is what get me about Biden. You give the people the money, but then, oh, go back to work. But you gave them the money. And you gave them so much money. Sense. I mean, you couldn't, McDonald's couldn't even find nobody. Because you mm -hmm. give them, remember, they got unemployment plus the federal money. Right. And, and you kept extending it, but then you want people to go back to work. At, they, didn't, they didn't got that regular money plus the federal money. How dare you? Mm -hmm. And then, oh, go back to work. Stop cutting the checks yeah, to And then you got the housing moratorium, like in New Jersey, that the, the mm -hmm. housing moratorium don't go, is disabled after December 31st, so they ain't paying no damn rent. Oh, so, I mean, and the landlords were screwed. Yeah, that was, so, it, I mean, it was, it was, it got crazy because it was like, for us to shut down, I think a lot of more, you know, reasoning and, and, and understanding should have went into it because they didn't realize what they were taking away from because now you put you put so many business owners and landlords in, in a sticky situations where landlords can't evict the people that's not paying them rent. Even with the unemployment they was getting, I was getting unemployment. I was getting actually $600 and I was paying my damn rent with it. Like I used it, what they gave it to us, so I paid my bills with it. But most people was out here buying cars and cell phones and boots and oh, jackets yeah. and Whatever else they want. And a lot buy. of people got those fake, and then now the feds are coming because people apply PPP for those loans? PPP loans that wasn't real. I, I didn't even know what the PPP loan was until I saw it on TikTok and somebody said the feds was after them. I'm like, what are they talking about? Then I had to research. Oh, it yeah, that black guy, he was, he was saying this person never owned a house or apartment, and you got PPP money. Yeah, everybody. And he, he had a list of names. People are. Yeah. People, I just don't know what to say to people. People just look at a way to get over and they got over. They was like, the PP loan is a way for me to get some extra money in my pocket. And that's what they did. And now the federal government is like, oh no. Like, y'all think that was free money? That wasn't free money. It was people, it was people with the Jersey City Public Schools trying to get over. I I got a bug in my ear. Some of the teachers was trying oh, yeah. to file unemployment. Like how I you gonna bet. file unemployment and we still getting paid? It's crazy. for the future. Yeah, see, my, my girl went on remote in Hoboken, and then in the summer she filed for unemployment. But the whole time she was working, she never filed for unemployment. That makes no sense. But I mean, people were just looking at it as because I had a conversation with my cousin about the unemployment, and when when you when you really have to think about it, and it's not the same for everybody, but you just take somebody in my case who at the time was making less than thirty five thousand a year. So when my unemployment comes through. It's not even 75%, like it's, it's not even 25% of what I would be making if I work in a regular job. So they gave me $260 plus the extra 300 a week, which was 560, which helped me do something. But down the road, when they wind up taking an extra 600 away, which was 300 every week when they, extra, uh, when they took it away, and they, I started struggling again because unemployment wasn't enough for me to pay the bills in the house, keep food in the house. And then they started giving food stamps in. Uh, this here, this here, who, who kind of helped us out in programs in place. But I was affected by unemployment in a way where 
me not having a job and then them cutting, giving us the unemployment to pay the bills and then cutting it off affected me even more because then it's like, all right, now I got some of my bills paid, but now how I'm going to pay the rest because I can't go to work. Y'all niggas still figuring out the COVID, the, the vaccination shit, the COVID thing mandates you. They started talking about mandates and you can't work if you don't got the vaccination shot and all this other stuff. So people are just sitting home and they're like, yo, what, what am I, um, what am I to think? Like, what am I to think? What am I to do? People didn't know what to do in that time. Like, and I was one of them, but I just sat here and I was like, yo, I got to come up with a game plan. And I, I worked it out. My bills are paid and I, I ain't take no PP loan now. So I ain't got to worry about the feds coming after me. Mm-mm, if did, that's nasty. I just don't understand people. Like, why would you guys do that? Like, they were already, like you said, they already was cutting a check to us, nigga, giving us extra, extra 600 a week. Like, that's crazy. Like, it was crazy. Like, and people were still just, uh, no, it's not enough. No, it's not enough. And it's like, it's greed to me. It's like, it's greed. And it's like, that's what ruins fucking communities. It's like, people are greedy. They only look out for themselves. They don't give a fuck about the people around them. And that's that's my biggest problem is like, we don't think about who's affected in the community. And it's the kids that's affected in the community. And when they see you do stuff like that, they're going to grow up remembering that. And they're going to do stuff like that. We are the influence on them. And that's my most important thing here with this podcast is getting to the children and getting the children to see things in a different light so they can take a different role in the gang life. Because when is the last time beside the, the NFL player that's on the Falcons right now? Um, I, think it, I think his name is Darby. Um, I forget his name. But you tell yeah, me who Darby. Else, Yeah, who Frank Darby. Yeah, who you tell me who else came out of Jersey City in, in sports? Nobody. How many talented, how many talented basketballers? Football not even a permanent because you get an injury, you're nope. done. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they don't even get a chance though. They don't how many of our kids go to prestige colleges from, from, from Jersey City? Just from Jersey City. How many of our kids go to pristine colleges and get scholarships to play sports there? Not many of them. Now you'll hear, because when I was in Lincoln, I know people that played that ran track used to get scholarships to, to schools, to colleges, to good D1 colleges. I'm just trying to be one of those people. So was I. That's why I ran track because it was easier. It was easier to get a, a a D1 scholarship for running track than it was to get a D1 scholarship for playing basketball out of Jersey City. That that was just the reality of it, and it's still the same today. Like people are not getting chances to get out. Talent, our talent is staying here and dying in our streets, and that's what I don't like. I don't like that we can't look. I don't like that we can't look in history and be like, yo, this person, this person, this person, this person made it out and actually did something with their lives. I don't even care about coming back and doing something for the community. I just want people to get out of here because most of the people that are stuck in gang life or hang around gangs, they wind up either in jail or dying. A lot of people from Lincoln, like you said earlier in the podcast, are dead. They just did a big gang. The feds just indicted all those gang members from Jersey City. Just was it last week? Indicted a lot of gang members. And another thing you touched on with the gang members too, I was telling, I think, I don't know if I said it in a podcast, I was having a conversation like um, one of my friends, but I told him, I said, somebody needs to i think i was talking about frank gilmore so it was something in a, in a sense but i was i was saying that somebody needs to sit down with these gang leaders have one a meeting like they used to do top they, they used to sit these guys down but like look this what needs to happen for you guys to keep you know having your free your free will to move and us to you know keep the streets safe but nobody does that anymore that shit used to happen they do like, dwayne baskerville dwayne yeah, well, baskerville yeah, brother youssef and brother dennis but i don't see they supposed to be doing these monthly meetings, Stephen Campos and all of them. But like I said, like you said, the problem with our community, I told 
educational Gilmore, and he he loved me to death because I'm very candid with him. Mm -hmm. I said, stop recording. I said, what I don't like, stop recording your former student getting murdered. Help them because they shouldn't be at this this state. I want to hear testimony Mm -hmm. at this point. Like Mm -hmm. those two brothers that was on the corner, you know, Gaskin and all them, you know, posting their murders on the thing. I said, Dad, you didn't even get their family's time to grieve. Not Gilmore, the principal. But yet, y'all mm-hmm. saw them every day on the corner, but nobody, you know what they say? Oh, don't refer them to Job Corps. We need the numbers. So I'm, I'm going to call everybody out on those two murders when I see them. I just haven't had an opportunity. Those two young boys should have been in Job Corps. I saw them every day. But when we was trying to refer them out, when the people called me, I said, refer them to Job Corps. They wanted to go. You know what they said? Oh, no, we need the numbers. Because you know attendance is about numbers. Let's talk. Huh. A lot of those people crying and, and, and posting, he was a good kid. But you didn't want him transferred because you didn't want to lose numbers. Because it's a money game. And, and I'm calling a lot of people out. Enough is enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we do do a, a horrible job at uh, standing by and watching our young black kids kill each other and not do anything about it. And that's why... You know, in previous episodes, I talked a lot about our community stepping up and, and playing a role in our kids' life again. Because when I was a kid growing up in the '90s, and you could contest to this, Miss 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 Fatter, we couldn't move without our neighbors seeing us or somebody seeing us and knowing our dad and telling our dads and us getting. Into, we couldn't move, bro, without somebody knowing something or knowing where, what house we came out of. They could go tell if we were doing something wrong. You don't know how many times we got dragged back to the house. I said this on another episode. My brother got punched in the eye by a grown ass man because he was around a corner trying to fight his his nephew and he didn't play that shit. So he punched my brother in the eye and walked his ass around the corner to my dad. Like that's the time we lived in. Today is it's not that. I think people are more fearful of stepping in and helping uh, because it's now kids killing kids and kids killing others. It, it, it has, it's gotten younger. It went from 15, 16, 17, 18 to 12, 13, 14, 15. Like kids are getting younger, killing each other and they go to jail and they don't even know what the fuck life is about. And it's like us as adults, we just stand by, we stand idly by and it's not fair. It's not fair to them. And we just need to do a better job. But uh, I don't yeah, want to- yeah, when I did, yeah, you're right. Cause when I did my spill, I showed them an ink pen. Cause you know, I wrote in the unit at Jamesburg. I say, ain't nobody in here built for jail, including myself. Y'all know what this is? They just got quiet. So if you couldn't answer what this ink pen is about, then none of y'all built for jail. This used to rape you and cut you. They could take a piece of paper and make a shank out of this. And they do rape you. I tell everybody, since y'all like to be on your phone, look up the PREA law, P-R-E-A, Prison Rape Elimination Act. You said P-R-E-A? P-R-E-A. Prison Rape Elimination Act. It's real. It's so real where if the warden asks me, Miss McFadden, can you quote that law? If I don't know it, I get terminated on the spot. They give you a disclaimer because the prison rape at, the, at Jamesburg was real. Mm-hmm. And, and and Jersey City was housing Unit 6 on, on Jamesburg. Mm-hmm. That's why we're closing the prison down and doing more community programming because all it is is school to prison pipeline. We get, you know, kids need to see a better way. And the state finally realized that sending them to jail ain't going to do them no harm. Because no, it's not, rehabil- it's, not a, it's not rehabilitating them. And that's the problem mm-hmm. that, that we face with, with jail and prison. Jail and prisons are supposed to rehabilitate people so when they come out, they can 
insert themselves back into society as a normal person and not go back to the things that they did to get themselves in the particular in the first place. But what you see is most of these black black men or black women that come out of jail on these crimes, they have no tools, no activities, no nothing to help them stay off that path that they were going. So it's just mm-hmm. easier for them to go back to it. I see this with my, my with my younger cousin. He's just in and out of in and out of in and out of jail. And it's like, what else is he supposed to do? Because even if he wants to change, what is there in this environment for? Uh, for him to change. There's nothing there for him to help him change. He only has himself. And most people can't in their own brain be like, yeah, I need to do this. They need somebody like you to tell them like, look, these are your opportunities. They need somebody like us to explain to them, look, there's more ways out and to show them how those ways out. Because people don't understand that just because you live in this environment doesn't mean you have to be a product of the environment. Exactly. If that's the case, I lived in Newark, New Jersey, where bang, 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 I chose not to do drugs. Listen. I chose not to I met a guy in college that lost his mother and his father to a shootout in North, bro, and two separate occasions, bro. And I don't even know how he found the words to tell me that. All right. That's how bad North was. Yeah, North ain't no joke. And it's still like that. Now, instead of one homicide, you got triple homicide. They went from stealing your car to carjacking you. So they went, I'm telling, they're telling you to get out. Yeah. They went yeah, from breaking yeah. in, carjacking, yeah. and get telling. <laughs> Just taking everything. Wow. I mean, crime is evolving, bro, because you got younger, you got, see, the thing with crime is, and uh, we, we could touch on this, but I know you got to go soon. Um, the thing with crime is, is like when you get younger in age, the mentality changes because young people don't understand consequences, and then they will go to the full extent. Whereas an adult would think about the consequences of like, do I want to take this risk? Young people don't have that innate sense in their brain yet to weigh the options or the consequences of what they're doing. So they just do it. That's why you get right across the street from here. Before I moved here, a 13, 14, and 15-year-old kid walked up to the chicken spot and shot another 14-year-old kid dead, and all three of them got arrested at 13, 14, and 15 years old. Like They don't understand the consequences behind the action. They have grown people putting guns in their hands and just like, go do your thing. And, and that's that's what it is. And that's the But what disturbed me when that guy smacked that girl butt and he oh, killed, killed her coming out of the stool. But I found that out, a- I found out that that wasn't the first time he's done that. Wow. I found out that he did it to my brother's baby mother and he did it to one of her friends. Now, when he did it to my, my brother's baby mother, she didn't react in the way that would cause him to do that. The next girl he did it to, which was my brother, uh, my brother's baby mother's friend, she reacted and he pulled the gun out on her. The third time he killed the girl. Wow. So. But they said his boys was instigating when he pulled the gun out, they was instigating that he shoot her and he shot her. I don't and put it guy, past them. I found out he was married. I don't put it past them. I don't put it past found, that he was low lives. I don't, I don't put it past that these low lives, non-existent boys in men's bodies that stand outside on these quarters would instigate a guy killing a girl with a gun because that's a manly thing to do. Right? We got these little youngsters out here. They don't care. No, they, they don't. don't have no they don't give a shit. That's why I mind my business and keep it moving, bro. Look, you see this in my car, right? Yeah, I make my girl... I make my girl I make my girl carry her shit on her every time she leave the house, daytime, nighttime. No, because like I said, I'm 
my car, I see this person on the phone, even though I'm like in a driveway. I'm very vigilant in the street. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be. From a young age, I was that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very vigilant. But, and this is why they didn't uh, get me with the carjacking. Yeah, but you could you could give us your final mm. thoughts and then we'll we'll get you at it because it's getting late and I know you said you had uh Okay. Um Your final thoughts, man. My final thoughts is just, you know, um there's a lot going on and I just think we as a people and just as a let me just use the word community. As a community, this is a time where we really need to come together and help each other, find resources because if you look See, all of this is interconnected, and this is where sometimes people might not even understand what me and you and your colleague is saying, because they, like you said, they're, they're on a different plane. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping the jargon real simple. Some of this mm-hmm. might be too much for some people. So mm-hmm. I'm just keeping it real. Our communities have to come together. And, you know, I hate people when they say, um, you know, I don't vote because, you know, they're not going to do anything. But Reverend Al Sharpton said something last month. I listen to him every Sunday. That when you walk out of here, when you get in your car, that's politics. When you buy your Adidas, that's politics. Mm-hmm. Let me just break it down. Because when you get in your car, I drive a BMW. Somebody designed that because they know you have a liking to the sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you wear your Adidas, they designed it because they know somebody's going to like the three stripes. Um, somebody had to make an executive decision about the design. Mm-hmm. When you go buy a bag of chips, somebody made some taste. So when you look at life, everything is politics. You can't really get away from it. We are part of it. And I just think as a community, we really need to start. And I'm going to take it back to a little bit of history. And people, like you know, and, and, and like I said, I dropped jewels and I, I state facts. You know, everybody think a Republican is a bad person. No. If you look at the Tulsa, Oklahoma bombing, all those black people they killed were all Republicans. Mm-hmm. Looking at this factually, go look it up. It was the Democrats that enslaved us for 100 years. This is all factual stuff. So what I'm trying to say is that, and I said this earlier, we got to stop making money. We got to build wealth. Like, look at the Jews. They're coming in our neighborhoods, and they're, they're buying property. They're building wealth. They're already wealth builders. Black people got to stop. Our communities need to come together. They need to stop killing each other. And until we start having a collective power move, nothing is going to happen because we too busy. And this another thing that Brother Logan shared with me, in addition to the hindsight, black people got what you call a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't think it's enough to go around with the pie. It's enough peace for everybody to eat. But when you walk around with that scarcity mentality, they want your peace, eat their peace, and buy somebody else, take somebody else's pie. I just think we need to take it back where, even with the, look at the Black Panther, Black people are very powerful people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think if we start using our brain and, and start working against this government, we can be another, we can be a powerful, because really, you can't do one without the other. You got to find out what's going on in the Senate, because that's going to impact us. Like, we were able to forecast just going back to school. I knew I was going to have a lot of mental health cases. I knew I was going to have more homelessness. 
mm-hmm. because gentrification is real. And, and it, when they, they're blocking the voter suppression bill and they're about to do an anti-protest bill. So what that says is we at, at some point, if the Republicans dominate the Senate, we ain't going to be able to protest. We ain't going to be able to vote. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be sad yeah, because so. these people bled for us for us to go back backwards again. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, my closing thought is that we got to start changing the narrative. We need to change the way we think. And just statistically, to give you a little bit of research, black people are the biggest consumers of every product out there. Mm-hmm. We're the biggest mm-hmm. consumers of for phones. That's why we did that blackout day. If black people start being part of their own product, we can change the world. Yes, we can. And if we can start building wealth and building our communities and you got some people that can't change because they're dealing with mental health, mental illness, um, going back to the village days where it was, a, it's a, it's a, it's some families in Georgia. I can't, if you Google, um, the black families, they came to get their own half the land in Georgia. It's a property. They bought all the property because they got tired of all, like Bill Gates on 83% of farmland. People don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Huh, look it up. Bill Gates mm-hmm. owns all of, because, you know, and not to talk about this vaccine. If they ain't going to get us through the vaccine, they're going to get us through the food. Yeah. So this is why he purchased 83% of farmland in, in America. So those black couple, if you look it up, um, black families own half the properties in Georgia. I think we need to start taking it back there instead of fighting each other. And they really need to listen to Farrakhan because what he says is really people probably ain't on his level. But he warned us about all of this stuff. And like I said, it all goes back to the the big book, the Bible. We living in Revelations right now. Mm-hmm. You started I mean, with that. Man. It's nice we, living in, we living in Revelation and with these bills being set up, the violence is going to continue. When you going to have clean cops? That's never going to stop. When the drug cartels going to stop selling drugs? Really, this is going to continue. It's actually going to get worse yeah. if, the, if these senators get in there because they're setting up these bills now. You see how Georgia... So I'm saying to say, we got our young people, and I'm really reaching out to the young people, get young people to work, get them, get them to be entrepreneurs, get them to listen, show them the way that they, that they don't have to live like this. Your circumstances don't define you. Until they understand that, I just think we can have a better community, but until, but we got to get in some, to some of these parents, to the adults. Exactly. I mean... But we need more leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close on that. Jersey City need more leaders. What I saw, line A, how you supporting a mayor that gentrifies? It's time to stop being bought and sold. Yep. You know, and, and, and we're going to have four more years of gentrification. I saw it yesterday, driving down Grand Street, going to Jersey City Medical. I mean, yeah, that place don't be afraid to ago. say you need help. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to say you need help. Everybody's going through something. Knowledge is power. Build community. Build wealth. And collaborate. I think those are the tools that can get us and have some sense of self, sense of purpose. And um, you touched it all night, um, Justin. You touched on it all night. I call it self-discovery. 
They call that a telehouse in clinical terms, self-discovery. When you realize you are something and you can be somebody, they call that self-discovery. Oh, self-discovery. So, and a lot of people haven't got there yet. They don't know that they could be a better person because they mm -hmm. haven't been around people that's going to inspire them or empower them. But um, I just think, you know, my last thoughts is just building wealth, building community, you know, and um, Mayor, um, not Mayor, um, Reverend Al Shopton always close out his show. I ain't got the wording right, but you always say <laughs> better community. He always say something on Sunday like better communities is better lives. Better lives lead to better nations. That better nation lead to better people. He always close out with, mm -hmm. with right. that better community, better, better neighborhoods, you know, get better communities. Better communities make better nations. I, I think what he said is so profound. I mean, um, I, I just no, look at my cousin. earlier was the profound line. The hindsight is the insight to foresight. That one's that's We need some real leaders. Me. Yeah, I agree. I've been saying that for years that we don't mm -hmm. have leaders like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. We don't. But I, I, I'm so Nelson proud Mandela. of educational. Yes. Yeah, yeah so, he's been doing I'm good. I'm so proud of educational. The reason why, another reason why I'm so proud of Educational Gilmore is because he made, he knocked, nobody believed that he can beat Jermaine. And they tried to use his criminal background to assassinate him. But he turned around and did that live and said, and called them out. He said, you supposed to believe in second chance program, Mayor, but you use my background to assassinate me. Mm -hmm. But what people didn't realize, he dropped the jewel on them. A lot of people don't know that Hudson County is number two in the nation with prison reentry. We behind Father Bob. Um, look up Homeboy Industries. They number one. They the number one gang reentry. My cousin would be number second. Is number second, and actually Hudson County number two, and and my cousins is number three. Mm -hmm. Gang preventing. Father Bob was a white priest. He started off with a tattoo removal machine and a prayer book. That's his story. He changed gang member lives. No, he started off with a tattoo because when they go That's his program, crazy. they change in their life. He removed their tattoos for free. No, yeah, no. I mean, got to step up and do something. He was a keynote speaker. If you guys can ever, if they ever do the prison reentry conference again in, per in person in Jersey City, I'm going to personally reach. Y'all need to be there. It's powerful. Jersey City does a powerful reentry program at NJCU. And um, no, is it St. Peter's? One of those colleges. They didn't do it did last year because of COVID. COVID. But let me tell you, they can say what they want about McGreevy. He has changed lives. He has changed the narrative. People come from all over the world to look at how Hudson County is doing it. Because it's threefold. They come out of prison. He go into prison. He get them drug treatment and housing, and he, they just broke bread on that center over there by Talbot Hall. He has the Rehabilitation Employment Center. That's what kind of programs we need, reentry yeah. mentor program. Because you can't rehabilitate them. Oh, shoot. You can't rehabilitate them without housing or without treatment, mm -hmm. without mental health. All of it is interconnected. Yeah. So he... They finally figured it out. So full package. Can't have one without the other. Yeah, but I see. I but see I would like to see more young leaders. Yeah, definitely more young leaders. I'm guessing by your reaction, your phone dying. 
No, no, I just plugged it back. <laughs> I was like, I can tell. That's yeah, an iPhone user's reaction right there. My headphones popped up like, brother, we about to die soon. I'm like, oh, that's not. But yeah. Now, like, now wait a minute. Um, I didn't get your introduction, my brother. Uh, yeah, I was going to try oh, to me? sneak it in. Hold on, T. I was going to try to sneak it in when you when you called him my brother. I was like, damn, I didn't introduce. Because normally when somebody come on, Tyrone is my co-host. So he co-hosts every yeah. episode with me. I normally yeah. introduce him. But because I know that you had a, a kind of a time frame, I didn't want to Well, we want to you see, you know what? This conversation got good. I said, you know what? I can... Yeah, that's why we just said like, back and let yeah. you take the wheel real quick. Yeah, you, I was like, you just got questions, but you just took the you wheel. Know? So we were just like, you know what? We just go sit here and let you have like it down. It. You know, like yeah, it. for real, it was great. It was really great. But just a slide in, just so you know who I am. I'm my name T. I go by T Brown, but my name is Tyrone. I've known Justin for like half my life, and I I didn't go to Lincoln, but I graduated from Ferris. I used to go to St. Anthony's. I don't live in Jersey anymore, but I'm a native. I'm, I'm born there. Born was was born at Christ Hospital, you know. My pops used to work there at the time when I was when I was born, you know. Lived been in Jersey majority of my life, but I moved out here in Iowa for my lady and whatnot. But I'm just out here with Justin, just trying to basically bring the community, help communities no matter where we are together, you know. Basically, because right. even like how you talking about students and young kids and stuff like that, I'm out of Iowa and it goes on out here too. Like literally a 16 year old kid just got shot in the back of the head out here. You know, stuff really ain't I no mean, different no matter where you go. You know, it's crazy. So that's yeah, why. What I about just, the like, stuff? Exactly. Like the engineer they just mm-hmm. killed out of um in Jersey. They just shot that engineer, right. that boy. It's a shame. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, you know, they just gotta drop mm-hmm. these guns. I mean, definitely mm-hmm. need to do a better job at uh dropping the guns. guns, and drugs. But guns and drugs. We alluded to it a little earlier, a little tap mm-hmm. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Miss Fat Miss McFadden go. But uh yeah, I mean cops cops do uh you know they do work on the street with getting rid of guns, but if you got dirty cops, they get the guns off mm-hmm. the street and put them back on the street. Mm-hmm. And then, you, right. again, it goes, again, but what I said earlier, it goes back to politics, because mm-hmm. the NRA pay to play. Mm-hmm. So this, mm-hmm. is a, this is bigger than us, guys. The NRA, mm-hmm. you know, uh, finance a lot of these big politicians' campaigns. Mm-hmm. They pay to play. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. right-wingers, NRA is real powerful with these gun laws, and, you know, and they fund a lot of these senators. They, they fund, that's mm-hmm. a fan, like, we got to be able to understand the game. Like, they, you got to pay to play. Mm-hmm. And, like, media buys, Big Pharma buys media. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they buy a lot of the uh, senators and, and the politicians. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, a, it's a just and a doggy dog world. Mm-hmm. We just got to go back to blueprinting for our people and how we going to win this game. If the Jews could do it, we could do it. Exactly. We've been doing that. it for years. But every time we get ahead, we get we yeah, get, get pushed back. We pull each yeah. other down. That's why I say we got to stop being crabs in a barrel. Once we stop being crabs in a barrel and learn how to play as a team, then we could get somewhere. We, we got to stop being haters each other. each other. That's what I'm saying. We, we too, too busy, busy being, like you said, that scarcity thing. It's because we were just waiting for somebody to get their pie just so we could take it from them, and it's not fair. Not fair. Just help each other get their piece of the pie so we could get – or like how I seen this other – like how I seen one time on a TikTok, one dude was like, he just watched this guy buy four slices and he was like, yo, you ain't going to be rich. 
He was like, why you say that? Because you bought four slices and I bought and I bought two. The pie cost like eighteen dollars. The money that we spent was way more than what we spent for individual slices for a pie. We could have both got what we wanted and had a couple of slices that left over extra and still would have had and still would have saved some money. This is one of those things where like we gotta start learning how to work and help each other out to get to the bag instead of trying to take each other's. Yep. Exactly. Everybody wanna, you know, everybody just start hating. Like my old childhood friend, I felt good. He sent me a video and the video had um that Jamaican song on I'm in a big move. He just said, You know what? The person he the guy was like, Whoever the person that sent you this video love you. They want you to succeed. They want you to win. And send it back right. to them. And I sent it to that's that's positive. Like you know, yeah, people send you like that. love. Like the person that sent you this mm-hmm. love you. They care. They want you to win. I sent mm-hmm. it on to three other people. Right. Like you and you really gotta really be around positive mm-hmm. people. Yeah, um, yes, because that's the key there. Because you know, I cut my I don't speak to my older brother. I actually blocked him. I ain't gonna lie, because I can't do all the drama. And he's an army man, he's a bachelor, but he likes a lot of drama. I cut him off for a minute. And then when I'm ready to redeem and, and talk back to him, and, I, and I'm gonna tell him, yeah, I blocked you because I need to get me together. I Like I said, I'm in that self-care mode. Yeah, I'm about right? me now. Which is important. So Very sometimes important. family could be poison. Yes, and, and and I And some people don't believe in blocking. I said, I do, because I don't want no contact. I don't want them calling me, and I ain't calling them. I love them, but sometimes you got to do that. Mm-hmm. And family can be your worst enemy, and just because somebody related, that don't make them family. family I have yeah. to break that down. They mm-hmm. related, but they're not family. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, think, and, I um, think we all can understand that. We, we got a lot of family that ain't family, so. Yeah, so when I, lost my car, when I lost my car, a lot of people don't even know I lost my car. I pull up. Oh, what happened to your blue one? I don't like, I don't make trauma famous. And you know what? This is bigger than me. I got twenty five thousand dollars for my car, and I'm in New Beamer now, hey. so I'm good. Hey. So, and, and I don't, I didn't cry. I took it, but you know, when they said your car was damaged, you know, but hey, God man. gave me another one. Got to take it on the chin, keep pushing. That's it. Oh, you know, and like I said, people. Oh, um, how you you would have known had you called me. Hey. That's so, true. You know, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, no, I'm calling that people part. out. That's what I've been doing. That part. <laughs> I, I'm just like, that people part. don't even know I work at Dickinson. I said, because I'm not walking around these hallways with COVID. My stu- I got 67 ambassadors, and they come to me. I do my thing. Right. I don't need to be in nobody's face. The kids know. I do, That's what Google Classroom is for. And they, drive, I, they right. all got community service. But... I don't be in all these staff faces and all that. I be in my little office and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to be. Well, I'm not the old me. Like I said, I do my job. I balance my life now. I know when to cut my phone off and I know when not to answer. There you go. That's right. We all need balance in life. It's key. It's the key to staying sane, all right? Yeah, you ain't never lied. You want to keep your mental sanity? You got to balance your life. I just want, I just went to go see Music Soul Child and Lettucey two weeks I'm ago at the pack. I want to go see I'm Robert. Yeah, what y'all know about Robert Glasper? Y'all don't know about Robert Glasper. <laughs> y'all no, I don't know about that one. But Robert I know Glasper is hot. You know what category I put him in? 
Robert Glasper, I put him in, and y'all gonna appreciate me later when you listen to his music. Robert Glasper, this is the category I put him in. You could say he's a neo-soul jazz artist. He does Mm -hmm. the beat. He does the piano for a lot, like Jill Scott music. So he powerful. You got to look up Robert Glasper. He look like Biggie a little bit, but he a smaller version (laughs) of Biggie. But the man powerful. He's like a, he does the piano. He's like, he got that jazz neo-soul flavor. He does like the production for all those type of artists. I'm gonna check that out. Definitely check him out. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, call Ryan Lasper. G L A S P E R. He better. When I tell you, Robert Glasper, he was at the Blue Note last week. I missed him. That's what's up. So think of Neo Soul and like that jazz, huh? I'm gonna definitely go and check that one out, though. Yeah, Robert Glasper. I'm into all that jazz and Neo Soul because that really meditates me. Like when before I got on the show, I was I was playing that he got the piano version of what's that Chinese girl that made that song? I do love you, I do love he got the piano version. Oh, it's dope. Yeah, that's cool. I was always into yeah, jazz, but, so I definitely give it a uh-huh. listen. So hey Justin, so when you getting married? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually in the I'm in the works of getting the ring now, so are you serious? Yeah. How many years y'all been together? Going on six. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, going on six. Hey Justin, you gonna you gonna fall out when I'm about to ask you this? You ain't seen Akila? Nah, so (laughs) it's so funny. My last experience with Akila. Akila Romulus. I never steal my phone. I never steal my phone. Oh, man, that was my first ever girlfriend, guys. <laughs> you know, that was my first ever girlfriend. She took it back, bro. Yeah, the last, the last, uh, she took it back. Last internet, I, I never stealing my phone. Last number, literally, I, I had with a killer was she moved to San Antonio, her, her mother, her two sisters, and they had two dogs and they couldn't take them. So, she, so she the asked dog, me, she dog. asked me to, to watch her for a month until they got settled. She wound up leaving That's the motherfuckers at my house for two months. <laughs> right. And I got mad and I called her like, yo, you got to come get these dogs. <laughs> because right. Yo, did she come get them? She came and got one because I gave the other one away. Wow. Mm-hmm. They were talking about bringing it to the pound and I was like, nah, this is a young ass dog. The dog wasn't even probably one years old, but they had no way to keep them. So instead of them calling, be like, yo, I could give you money to keep them. Keep you in mind. They didn't do none of that. They just left them there. And then I called them like, yo, I'm down here paying for food for them. Bye, bye. She drove all the way from San Antonio down here to drop me off two bags of dog food. And I'm like, yo, it's not enough now. Like now it's, it's too late. Now I'm aggravated that I've been here for two months taking care of your fucking dogs with no help. You know, you guys are relying on me. Mind you, I already had my own dog. And my cousin dropped another dog off at my house. I had four dogs. <laughs> I, four I know. Dogs. I remember. I was hoping you walk so, them. <laughs> four dogs. So that was. I'm then I, think, then I don't know if she has the same number after that. No, I'll, but I'll put you probably on Facebook. After that, um, when I got when my girl got pregnant with my daughter, when she was close to having it, I posted on Facebook that I was having a baby. A killer messaged me <laughs> talking about you said we was gonna get back together and all this other shit. Mind you, she already had a daughter. So that was out the window. And then the last incident, the last, last incident, and why I don't talk to a killer no more is. Me and her had a brief conversation about still being friends because we've been through a lot together. 
And we, we always had the communication aspect down, uh, even when we wasn't together. So we talked about being friends and I, I extended the, the olive branch and gave him my number. Like, yo, give me a call whenever you need somebody to talk to. Blah, blah. Uh, she was p- apparently dating some guy in St. Croix, where she's from. That nigga called me. <laughs> he dead up called me like, is this Justin? Akila is mine. And I was like, what? He was like, Akila is mine. She is my girl. I was like, oh, shit. Hung up and oh, never shit. spoke to her again. I was like, nah. Because I ain't beef for drama either. Uh, but that's the last yeah, time. Yeah, that sounds like, ooh, like ooh, you know, ooh. like she was trying to set you up. Yeah, nah, I'm good. That's too much drama, though. It's too much. Ooh. It's too much. But it's always good seeing you, Destin. No, it was good seeing you, man. We want to thank you for stopping by, man. We always thank our guests for stopping thank you by because so they, they are giving us yeah, their time. Yeah, so. you got topics. I'm like mm-hmm. the queen of resources. Let me know what topics you want, and I'll try to get you the speakers. But yeah, I know, like, I'm um, love for narrative. Yeah, so the, the three people that you named, if you could just, like, either send them my information, send me their information, I'll definitely, like, reach out to them and see if they're willing to come on. Because I'm always down for mm-hmm. uh, uh, a conversation, an open conversation like we had tonight. And I'm always down for mm-hmm. learning, man, and, and understanding what other people's experiences um going through stuff. And that's exactly why I asked you. You on because you had an experience with me being mm-hmm. a teenager, mm-hmm. and then now you're, you're an activist. Yeah, and, you was, like, my first adopted son. Yeah, yeah, we had a good mm-hmm. relationship, and I appreciate it but now we thank you from from the what's up brother to you we thank you for giving us some time um if you ever want to come back oh, on, thank man, you. you ever want to come back on fellas. Thank you. Thank you so much. Go, so, go. i'm glad if y'all ever need something you know i'm a one call away yeah i got your number so and, I will and you I'll, so um, when i get to my desk tomorrow um justin i'll give you all that info yeah i'll text you uh when i get up in the morning just to remind you yeah and um like think of some other topics uh, stuff, I uh, yeah, I got you. Get some, get some speakers on. I definitely got you. But thank you, thank you for stopping by and spending some time with us. We appreciate it. All right, yeah, thank, thank y'all. You so thank much. you for having me. And again, Anytime. you guys keep up the good work. Thank you. You, you don't know who life you changing. Keep thank you, thank awesome. you. You enjoy your All night. All right, keep being awesome. awesome. Thank you. Keep being awesome. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy right. your night. All right, you too, guys. Bye bye. This your boy Troy. This your boy T Brown. And thank you for watching. Thank you. The What's Up Brother Podcast. What up, brother? Peace. Peace out, brother.